quarantine and welcome to Dawson's Critique. I'm Erin Hensley. And I'm Julia Callahan. And we are two former college roommates and current BFFs who have loved Dawson's Creek since episode one first aired on the WB in 1998. Join us for this spoiler free podcast as we break down one episode every week. We'll reminisce about our memories of the show and tell you stories of how Dawson's Creek defined our generation. Today we discuss season three, episode 12, a weekend in the country. Oh. I love this episode. Oh. This is a big one, guys. This I is know. a big episode. Yeah. It's yeah. A it's like one of my happens. top five favorite episodes. Top five. Ever, okay. I think. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, it was written by Jeff Stepakoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was directed by Michael Cattleman, who directed episodes of ER, Gilmore mm-hmm. Girls, True Calling with El- oh, Eliza nice. Dushku, mm-hmm. um, Rizzoli and Isles. Oh, yeah. And Sasha many, Alexander. Sasha Alexander uh, and many, many more. Um, he's worked quite a bit. This originally aired on January 19th, 2000. Mm-hmm. Okay. Our description from Wikipedia Joey's friends and their families work together to ensure the success of the the Potter family business, a new bed and breakfast. Joey explodes at Pacey after he invites a critic to spend the weekend with them, but ultimately ends up grateful for his help and support. Jack and Andy find some common ground and Jack ends up moving back home. Woo. Spoilers. (laughs) Jen works through some issues with Henry, who is surprisingly calm when he hears about her past indiscretions. Dawson attempts to reconnect with his parents as Mitch helps Gail recover from a long forgotten dream. Oh, sorry. Rediscover a long forgotten dream by showing her a potential venue from a restaurant for a restaurant. New developments in the Pacey Joey relationship force Pacey to think about how he really feels about the new bond between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay my history's mysteries um on january 18th 2000 the tagish lake meteorite impacts the earth in canada oh um it was pretty small i saw a picture but you yeah know, listen aren't we just praying for a meteorite at this point <laughs> i think that's like the, <laughs> plays a role in this sci- canadian sci-fi show oh that okay. has uh what's the actor Eric McCormick, the Greg from Dharma and Greg. Oh no, Eric McCormick is Will from Will and Grace. Oh, okay. Which I forget one? what that guy's name is. Yeah, but I know who same. you're talking about. They look exactly. They're the same guy, and I totally, 100, percent those. That's the same person. What's what show is it called? What is it called? I forget Remember? what it was called, but it was like a time travel show. Oh, and also has um, who's uh, Veronica Mars's dad? Enrico. Enrico Enrique. Cole and Tony. Yeah, that guy's in it From too. Just Shoot Me and Veronica mm-hmm. Mars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's um, great. I, oh. I'll try to remember the name. Okay. Well, <laughs> someone look it up on IMDb and tell us. Um, so January 19th, 2000, a dorm fire at Seton Hall University in New Jersey kills three people and injures several others. Oh, my God. Yeah. Three years later, Sean Ryan and Joseph Lepore are convicted of arson and sentenced to five years in prison. Oh, my God. Yeah. Did am I correct in saying that the people who lived in your dorm room after you burned it down? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They were living up to our uh yeah. they were surpassing our I think it was like a candle fire though, oh. or like a, oh. an incense gone wrong. Other than our like Yeah. 
some punch. I mean, I'm sure they were like some, some punch with 151 like... in our yeah. in our day would have been the problem. I mean, maybe that played a role. <laughs> the the 151 soaked floor that we left for them. <laughs> oh boy, um, yeah. that was the time. Okay, so the number one movie is next Friday. Oh, shit. I love that movie. I know. Great movie. Okay, Aaron, I'm going to give you the best gift because we have yes. fucking suffered through smooth. Yes. <laughs> and now the number one song is What a Girl Wants by Christina uh, Aguilera. My God. <laughs> uh, finally. Finally. Christina just knocks it so off. So good. Of course. Of course. It's a it's, Queen Christina was like, fuck you, Rob Thomas. It, I would venture to say it's better than Genie in a Bottle. I agree. I agree. Yeah, okay. yeah. definitely. Okay. So, yeah, uh, What a Girl Wants by Christina Aguilera. Um, there we are. Welcome to 2000, baby. I, hello, I'm <laughs> hello. here. Hello. Here we are. All stomach. <laughs> There's a lot of stomach in that music video. <laughs> and the year 2000. And in the year 2000. <laughs> Not mine. I kept mine covered. <laughs> um, okay, so Aaron, we're gonna open in Joey's living room. Yeah, we've got. The- we kind of don't know it yet, but yeah, we're like watching the big chill. We've and got you- the Temptations, eight too proud to beg, playing, yeah, yeah. which is just a- <laughs> that song's amazing. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna tell you a little secret that I had. I had until this week never seen the big chill. Yeah, I've never seen it either. Okay, I watched it. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm, uh, okay, so my parents love this movie. My mother uh-huh. has made it a point of telling me how much she loved this movie. Uh-huh. And remember, like, a few weeks ago when I rewatched St. Elmo's Fire and was like, Erin, yeah. it's so... <laughs> crazy <laughs> have you watched it recently it does not hold up i'm gonna tell you the big chill was exactly the same i was like right. everyone in this movie is a narcissistic psychopath what right. am i watching yeah and i think it's like the director is who made 30 something right oh no? man i don't know maybe not but they yeah yeah, yeah. it's i mean it is uh, the soundtrack is, is absolutely incredible. Yeah. I mean, like, legitimately. Right. Yeah. Legitimately, like, I mean, better than St. Elmo's Fire. It's, it's an amazing mm-hmm. soundtrack. So I'll give it that. This, as Joey says, <laughs> this is the, is this the, like, no, no, maybe Dawson says it, that it's the quintessential baby boomer movie. Right. And I'm like, I, is this what's wrong with the baby boomers? Like, th- yes. is this what they were really like? Because yes. every single person in this movie needs like multiple years of therapy. And mm-hmm. then also maybe like to read at least seven feminist theory books because like, right. yeah, it's yeah, a real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, there's literally it's one very true. In- I saw my dad last weekend and mm. uh, I saw my parents, but my dad was um, trying to explain to me intersectionality. And oh. I was like, that is so cute, dad. Oh, but um, yes. Yes, Thank I you. know. Thanks, Pop. I'm glad you're I'm glad you're reading. But yeah. um, <laughs> yeah. please share this with um, one of your boomer friends. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah I, I got to say, I just there was one scene where the women were in the kitchen making like a big meal talking about mm-hmm. child like talking about whether or not they wanted to have children and like Mm -hmm. what it meant to them to have children. And the men were out running, talking about cheating on their wives and Hmm. business. And I was like, Hmm. huh, I don't, not, (laughs) 
not, not the biggest fan of this. You wonder why second wave feminism didn't resonate with me. Hmm. Hmm. I, anyway. Anyway, but the, tent- the Temptations are playing, which I am enjoying. <laughs> so um, Joey is like immediately asked the very important questions, which is, who are these people and why are they dancing in the kitchen? <laughs> um, <laughs> and then we see Pacey's there. So yeah, Dawson. So it's kind of like an interesting too, because like Dawson and Pacey are like lounging on the couch while like Joey is walking around like handing them snacks, cleaning up after right. them. You so know? we're in the big chill. It's what yes. I'm what I'm getting. Yes, because like Dawson talks about how his parents love this movie, The Big Chill, and I'm like Dawson, same. My parents love this movie as well. <laughs> um, and Pacey. Our, Joey asked Pacey, like, do your parents dance in the kitchen? And Pacey is like, no. My parents. <laughs> and we get a shot of Pacey who's just covered in popcorn. Yeah. Head to toe covered in popcorn. <laughs> Shoving popcorn into his mouth. Just an amazing, amazing shot. And thank you to whoever um, is responsible for that. <laughs> Michael Cattleman, right? <laughs> Michael Cattleman. Unless it was written in the script and then it's Jeff Stepakoff. So... <laughs> Whoever wants to take credit. And Dawson sort of is like, look, I took all the movie posters off my wall. Why? Like, I just figured we'd. I want to try to do something new. Mm. And you're kind of like, does new mean having a movie night at Joey's house? Right. Or like watching a movie with a good soundtrack or (laughs) watching (laughs) this baby boomer classic. Yeah. What does new mean? Not sure because, you know, Joey's like not having it and just turns off the TV and is like, I'm not, I'm like, yeah, we're done. she's like super stressed out. And we, yeah. she, and as a viewer, we're like, what's her, what's her deal? Like, what's she stressing about? And like, she reveals that the Potter B&B is finished and now open for the first day and they mm-hmm. have no customers and she's just like freaking out about money. They have no reservations. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, I mean, wait, what? <laughs> you're just going to open a and I don't understand. They were just going to open it and then like they will come. If you build it, they will come, Aaron. Field what of Dreams taught us that. Happening? What is happening? This is not a real plan. No, 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 no. It is not a real plan. Because <laughs> Joey's like, we don't have any time. You know, Dawson's like, it takes time to establish a reputation. Like, whatever. It's yeah. fine. And Joey's like, we don't have time or money, Dawson. Right. And then the phone rings. <laughs> and Joey and she's like so stoked. She's oh, like, oh my so, God. Yes. Okay, here we you go. Know. Here we go. Here we go. And it's a telemarketer's selling long distance service. Yeah. Because all the 90s. So cute. Aww. And a telemarketer that you would actually answer. You know, <laughs> right, right, right. Instead of oh, your no. phone just saying scam likely. Or your phone saying number that is not in my phone. No, thank yeah, you. I'm not exactly. answering that. <laughs> um, and she's like, oh, well, we, we're happy with our long distance. But like, what about you? Do you need a vacation on the Cape? <laughs> I know. I love how she's like an entrepreneur. I mean, she's like, just like, uh, let me turn it on you. <laughs> yeah, Joey's a hustler, man. Joey's a hustler. And uh, the the telemarketer then hangs up on hangs her. Up. Mm. She's like, I was hung up on by a telemarketer. <laughs> <laughs> and Pacey tries to console her, but she turns on him immediately. Yeah, she immediately blames him. Yeah. You know, like, this and is he, your fault. <laughs> yeah, this was all your ideas, your fault, like blah, blah. And you can see him like he takes that, like, you know, because yeah. the he's triggered by that well because he's like no i i i just got you free labor like i didn't whatever but yeah, you yeah, can yeah. definitely see he's like oh god what did i do 
Exactly. Joey says, you Pacey Witter, you encourage this. You should know better than to go about inspiring financially and spiritually bereft people who have no business being inspired. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, that's dark. Uh, Joey is like so hard on herself this whole episode. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have some shit to say. Yeah. So she's then there's a knock at the door. I know. And Joey and goes she's to like, it. Oh my God. And you're like, oh, what you really think someone's just gonna cruise into an air a B and B and be like, oh you got it's like Jesus and Mary, you got any rooms available? <laughs> I want to tell you that I think that you're right. And also, I feel like this is going to happen again at some point in this show. <laughs> Possibly I mean, in season I just don't four. understand the B&B world, I think. No, nor nor do I. Yeah. Nor do I. Yeah. Um, I'm it's not like a- something that is always in like quaint towns that town's so quaint they've got a b&b you know i feel like there is a b&b in santa cruz that bill and hillary sure. Clinton used to stay at okay that's like right on um east cliff drive uh-huh. um you know right it's it, for people yeah, yeah. who don't know santa cruz it's like right on the cliffs above the ocean it's beautiful mm-hmm. and it's this old victorian house because santa cruz started as a victorian sort of city or town that you like Mm -hmm. went to if you had tuberculosis and shit and needed like the good air yeah yeah. whatever they did um but there's one that bill and hillary clinton used to stay at when when he was president um that is a b&b but i honestly like i i i I don't know what a b&b really is yeah (laughs) like i don't everything that i've seen is like from gilmore girls and this show yeah and so like i don't i'm like it seems like my nightmare but like i also have never stayed in one so i don't really know if that's like a fair assessment or not exactly yeah my parents are hotel people we've always been hotel people yeah mm, no and and i i travel for work in normal times i travel for work constantly so i'm always in hotels um you know but uh, often not very nice ones, but um, <laughs> but hotels nonetheless. Uh, so there's this. So Joey goes to answer the knock at the door, and it's she, like she's all amped, and then like she opens the door, and it's two hella Christian people yeah. trying to like proselytize her. Yeah, have you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? I don't know. I'm not. I yeah. this is not my scene. So <laughs> you're not a missionary. Sorry. So apologies for totally <laughs> fucking that up. But um, so Dawson. And Pacey both have fucking laugh. laugh. Me they, too, to be honest. I mean, it's, it's so fucking good. funny. It's pretty like, good. It, it's just like this funny opening scene for yeah. like every you know, it's just like slapstick almost. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's it's really and they're all kind of great in it. Mm-hmm. Um so we go to the credits and yeah, then we go and to school. We go to Cape Side High and Henry comes up to Jen yeah. and Jen is like, Whoa, where have you been? I haven't seen you all week, you know? And he's like, Oh, I've been working at a restaurant. Like Constance got me hooked up to do some roof work. And I'm like, Okay, <laughs> you're fourteen and you fell off the last roof you worked on. Yeah, yeah. This I don't understand how this works. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> like what? this is fucking doesn't make any sense, yeah. but okay. I, I like I will say, as someone who grew up in a small town that I often got like given out by my parents to sure. people to do certain work sure 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 roofing would not be one of those things and also like it's at the f- nicest restaurant in town right right so like they're just yeah. gonna have like a bootleg roof patch by like a miner 
Like, uh, yeah, you know, that, I mean, it doesn't seem like the best thing. It, and then it's a trade. It's a barter job. He reveals, right, you know, because he so says he's like, oh, Jen's like, ooh, that restaurant. It's so nice. They better be paying you a lot. And well, he's she asks him if he's working there full time at one point, <laughs> which I was like, <laughs> what? <I> it's. <laughs> such a weird exchange Jen he's in high school he's a freshman in high school of course he's not fucking working full time (laughs) even if he can work on a work permit the hours are so restricted absolutely absolutely Uh, sorry continue he it's a barter it's a barter job yeah it's a barter job so they're like oh yeah you fix our roof and we're gonna give you a dinner and okay (laughs) okay all right I'm okay I'm there I mean I I, I get it that there are dinners that you know, I live in Los Angeles. There's expensive places to eat. No, totally. But like, it, it just is bizarre. But okay. Absolutely with you. And so, um, and Jen's like, oh, you know, are you saying you're going to go with me? Yeah. Jen's kind of like, what's the implication there? Like, yeah. What's the, you know, what are you, what are you saying to me? Because right you haven't asked me. Right. We've and had this Hen- conversation. And Henry's like, well, the thing is, mm. if I ask you, you're going to say no. So I'm not going to ask. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. Fuck you. Run from this that. Is not good. Run and from Jen that. And Jen is annoyed. She's like, well, that means you didn't give me the opportunity to say yes either. Right. And he's like, well, would you have said yes? And she's like, probably not. And like, she is being a little bit confusing because yeah. the way we left it last episode was mm. she was like, I'm a little bit into you. And now she's kind of like, well, I wouldn't have gone on a date with you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think like, I can't tell if the way they left it last time was like Jen being like, I miss you a little bit and Mm -hmm. is still like, I don't know if I want to date you. But again, the thing you've been saying, which I agree with is like, okay, if he's saying he wants to be friends and you're saying, I don't want to be friends and he's saying, but I do. And that's how I want it. Like you're at an impasse that there's like, there's nowhere to go, but okay. Then we can't really hang out. Exactly. So I agree with you that she's being a little confusing. Um, Because at this point, yeah, like I wouldn't use the phrase leading on because I don't think that's an accurate phrase, but the like feeling would feel the same. Yeah, yeah. Just being confusing and being like um, not straightforward with like what she wants from him. You know, it's really weird. Absolutely. But but that being said, like Henry sucks. I I don't think you should treat someone like this because they suck. But like, it's just like, what is going on here? (laughs) You know, because she's like, look, I... I'm annoyed because we've already talked about this. Like dating is a consensual act. Mm, like mm. you have to ask for my permission. Yeah. And then he tries to be all smart, like woo her by being smart. And yeah. he's like, the thing is a woman of your silk wouldn't listen to me. Silk. <laughs> he says a woman of your silk. And she just is like, it's ilk. Ilk. And Amazing. then he runs off before she can say no. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it definitely like made me burst out laughing when he says a woman of your silk and like, (laughs) and like, you know, the fact that Jen like then says to Henry, like, I'll think about going on to dinner with you, you know, she's like, I didn't say yes, but I'll think about it. This isn't a yes. Right. I mean, that's the thing where I think like, if that's where she's at and she's just having a hard time explaining it to Henry, fine. That's fine. 
Yeah. I mean, I I get it that it's for Henry. It's frustrating because he's like, what are you doing here? Yeah. Like I've told you what my boundary (laughs) is. Like if you, I don't want to be friends with you. Right. And if that's what you're saying you want, like that's actually not an option, you know? Right. Um, Right. And, you know, I don't know, like the fact though, that he just seems to run roughshod over her boundaries. Well, it's like also that's for me, that's the red flag. Well, yeah, because it's on the other side. He's like, I don't want to be friends with you. And she's like, well, I don't want to date you. But he's like trying to convince her to date. Like they're right. both being fucked up to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they have like a, they want different things from each other. And they're oh, trying yeah. to like steamroll the other one into giving them what they yeah. want, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's really problematic. <laughs> 100% agree. So yeah, we go so to a we, different hallway. And yeah, and Andy's sitting with her laptop, her blue and, like, clamshell Mac exactly. iBook. It was those are yeah, called yeah. iBooks, if you yeah, recall. Yeah. Um, I'm jealous of it. Uh, I know. I want to say, dear Mac, Apple Macintosh, whatever the fuck you're called now, um, yeah. please bring that back. I would Seriously. buy one in a fucking heartbeat. Um, yeah, yeah, and. I want to say really quickly that in the year 2000, goddamn nobody ever brought a laptop to school. No. I know we said that earlier with Dawson. It's super weird. Yeah, no one did it. No one did it. Like, you know, I there was a lot of rich kids at my school. We had hella computer labs. We had lockers where you could Mm -hmm. store a computer if you Mm -hmm. wanted to. But like, why would you? There would be no point in doing it because you would like. It's not like they had Wi-Fi. <laughs> like, what would you, you have to what go would sit you, somewhere and plug your computer into it? It just doesn't make cable. any sense, you know. Mm-hmm. Especially since there's computer labs. And I just think, like, like the work that Andy is doing, she could have very well just been at a computer lab. Absolutely, or done it at home on that laptop. Fine. Right, right, right. Of course, but like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, I think like at, in the year two thousand. The most technology someone would have was a cell phone. Right. And it was like an old Nokia brick cell phone with fucking yeah, yeah, on yeah. It and shit. Totally. Um, I did not have a cell phone until after high school. Same. Yeah. My yeah. mom, we would you borrow our mom's cell phone if we were like going to drive somewhere or yeah. do something. Yeah, My yeah. mom made me get a cell phone and bought it for me um, after I graduated from high school because I at that summer I would go up to San Francisco a lot yeah with my friends and she was like I just want you to have it just in case but exactly. it was one of those things too that I like I who knows where it was I didn't use it for anything yeah yeah yeah. you like, barely ever had it turned on I you know? know it was like yeah. legit it was like I threw it in a bag yeah just in case I needed to call someone but like exactly. I wasn't using it totally, totally. um I don't think I used a cell phone until probably sophomore year in college. Yeah, I mean, and Santa Cruz barely even had any service anyway. Right, right. You see Santa Cruz particularly back then. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so... Um, so Jack comes up to Andy and she's working and he's like, hey, what's going on? And she just starts rambling about all of the shit she has to do for the play. Yeah, he calls her a future bureaucrat, I want to say to you. <laughs> Which I don't really know what that meant. I know. But I was like future bureaucrat okay (laughs) but yeah she's got to pick up the posters she's got to put together the playbill she's got to hang the posters around town she's got to get tickets to the community box office sponsors like everything she's doing all of it and you know andy's is this what the director does sounds like i mean i think that everyone in the play like from my experience as yeah i was always in the band that was Mm -hmm. that did the musicals right and I was friends with a lot of the theater kids. Right. But like, 
it would like yeah like everyone has to sell tickets and like everyone has to sell tickets part of the like Mm -hmm. yeah project everyone has to drop posters off at different places Mm -hmm. you know and get them get people to hang around town i mean i guess someone would put together the playbill right but like i you know I yeah, don't know, yeah, but someone else would have to go like take them to Kinko's and get done, right? Get it done, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, anyway, yeah. so it's like, okay, whatever. She has a lot to do, and he like looks at the computer and he's like, um, and you definitely <laughs> don't know how to work this layout yeah. um, program yeah. because every single letter is in a different font. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, it's a creative choice, and yeah. he's like, and some of it's upside and down. It's upside down. <laughs> <laughs> so jack goes to like help her right yeah he, good like, brother sits down help her and she's like hey so like ha- have you thought about like coming home at all mm-hmm. and jack's like not with him there yeah and and, and andy kind of keeps like, pushing on him she's like she's like no be- he he wants you to come home yeah yeah and like couldn't you be happy at home and like he misses you yeah and Jack's kind of like Jack like receives this like oh and so he's enlisted you to do his dirty work instead right. of just coming to me right yeah and Andy's like no like I think it's going to be different and and mm-hmm. you know Andy finally like when he sort of pushes her enough she gets him out and she's like you know what she don't just, help me she just storms <laughs> off yeah she grabs yeah, her laptop she grabs her and laptop leaves. and is like don't help thanks yeah so we so, go over to a bank yeah and Bessie is there with Joey mm. and they're talking to this banker like a loan and, officer yeah yeah the the banker calls Bessie a single mother okay yeah so she calls her Bess and then she says she's a single mother with multiple dependents and an income to debt ratio that doesn't qualify for a loan so Bessie's not a single mother well, she's I think she and Bodie are not married right but you could say unmarried she's not single right I agree I agree but she's unmarried. This is just like some like New England bullshit. <laughs> sure is. <laughs> Kidding me? It sure is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she's like, well, you could let the, the loan officer tells like, Bessie that yeah, they there's could like leverage even their our assets. most like friendly loan, like you don't qualify for, but yeah. like, you know, you would need collateral and, you know, you have your home mm. and um, it's completely paid off. And, and hands Bessie some paperwork and like I mean I don't know it's hard because like I understood how loans worked when I was 16 (laughs) I don't know that I did I think Joey was being hella immature she's like you can't leverage the house and you're like wait why do you think they're just gonna hand you money without any lever like you she would need to leverage something to get a loan. Sure, sure. And, you need, and like you need collateral. Like you see that in movies. Like when you're 16, <laughs> you understand like that basic principle that there would need to be some kind of collateral for a loan. Right. And I, it's like, I mean, I agree with you. And I think like, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm not so deep in the weeds on the 2000 economic system that I know where the markets were that you would be like, hey, like actually it's a good job to it's a good idea to take out a mortgage on the house and like basically right. we get to borrow money for no whatever i have no fucking clue right, right. Um, like what were the interest rates and what were the you know whatever sure, i mean sure, even sure. still i'm 36 and i kind of barely know what that shit means um and so like but i agree with you i think there are definitely parts in this episode and not just this part but this part yeah. is a part of it where joey is extraordinarily immature yeah um and so it, yeah we just like 
they're walking out the bank and Joey's like yelling at Bessie, like, you can't mortgage the house. Like, what do you mean? It's half my house, too. Right. Well, they so they they actually pull up to the house, to their house. Like, it's kind of a continuation of the scene, but it's like we cut over to the house. And Joey's like so agitated and is like, basically, you can't risk this house because it's the only connection we have to mom. Yeah. And and Joey's like, it's half my house. And Bessie's like, no, (laughs) mom left it to me. Right. Just like she left you to me, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And like, like, I understand where Joey's coming from, where it'd be really stressful to be like, oh, my God, like this house is the only thing we have that's mom. And like, also, it's the only stability we have, you know, this house. But like, I don't think she's really like cutting Bessie any slack. No. And I think like. Like, what are they like? Honestly, Joey, what are you going to do with a hundred percent, a hundred percent? Like, like y'all need money. Like, except if Joey goes out and gets a job again, like she did. Yeah, They were barely making ends meet then. I don't think that was sustainable there, you know, even then. So think about it. Think about what it takes to run a B&B. You have to have food. You have to have like you, you have to be able to go out and go grocery shop and go, you know, and provide this stuff for your guests. Yeah. So you're just kind of like, what is going on here? Like, it it's just interesting, like, that for how much they've struggled, like, mm. it seems like Joey doesn't know how to talk about money. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that's, that seems really true. She doesn't know how to talk about money. And I think, like, I think part of that is, like, embarrassment to talk about it with her friends. Sure, that would make sense. But Bessie's her sister and they're right. in the same situation. <laughs> right, right, so right. this is, like, it, it's, it seems totally believable and plausible that she would behave this way towards, like, Dawson sure, and, sure, sure. And, and, Pacey, and Pacey, you yeah. know? But Bessie and her, like, they're a team and they're in the same situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like, okay, you can't just say no. You have to offer an alternative. If we don't let mortgage the house, like, how exactly are we going to get the money? Survive. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I, I got to tell you, at this point, I was like, how in the fuck did Bessie not have her own spinoff? <laughs> wow. I was like, show me this, where, like, this Seriously. girl is 20. 20- you know, we we learn in this episode that she's 26. 26, yeah. And, you know, has to take care of a, a little kid, her kid, and then her sister, her 16-year-old yeah. sister. I mean, show me that show. Shit. I know. Yeah, totally. And so, so yeah, so, you know, Bessie is, like, super frustrated and storms yeah. off. And Joey's also pissed. And she turns and she sees a stalker filming her house. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on. Okay. Before we get to the stalker, I want to say, because I loved this line. Oh, okay. Because Bessie says, you know, you don't understand the responsibility that I have, Mm. basically. And then she says, because until you know what it's like to humiliate yourself by asking a trust fund snob who looked down on you in high school for money, I don't want to talk about this with you anymore. So what we learned, too, is that Bessie kind of has her own shit with the people that she went to high school with who are now running the town of Capeside and that she's butting up against Mm -hmm. over and over again, that this woman that was kind of I mean, kind of condescending to her. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, she was yeah, giving yeah. her advice, but she was also, she did it in a pretty condescending way that like, this is a person that Bessie knows from her high school days. Right. And like, fuck man, that fucking sucks. You know? Totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah totally. And I've had that before. I mean, as a person who left a small town and comes back, 
I try, I try not to be the person who's an asshole <laughs> mm-hmm. when I see people that I went to high school with. But like, I've had those moments where someone that I went to high school with is waiting on me now somewhere um, mm-hmm. at my, at, you know, at a place that I go in Santa Cruz. Right. And like, I get it. I get that. I get where that dynamic. <sighs> it's a fucking hard dynamic. I'm just going to yeah. say it's like uh, it takes both people to not be an asshole. <laughs> Totally. That's what yeah. I want to say about it. Exactly. So back to Joey's stalker. <laughs> yeah. She's pissed and she sees a stalker filming the house. <laughs> that, which the is outside of the house. Such an invasion of privacy. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. And then it's so the Dawson. Stalker is Dawson. <laughs> he walks up to her with a video camera and uh-huh. he's like, look, it's perfect. I'm going to make a video for the web. The, the worldwide web. Okay. <laughs> And then we'll just link it to all of these like sites and then uh-huh. like that's how it's going to work. Okay, Aaron. <laughs> Riddle me this. I do not remember that you could watch videos on the internet in the year 2000. I, I mean, you could, but they were like very digitized and like okay. didn't load that well yeah, yeah, yeah. and like they like made your website crash. <laughs> okay, okay. I so I'm remembering right that like this is kind of a fucking yeah. lunatic. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say it's right, but that's the way I remember it as well. Right. So, I, I, yes. I remember it not being watching watching video on the internet was not really a thing until after we were out of college. Yeah. Well, yeah, just the speed of the internet needed to exactly. really catch that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> and also like you would need to host that with video. Yeah, uh-huh, like uh-huh. you would need a website. You would need all of these things mm. that like you Dawson. still need to this day. Yeah. But, <laughs> sure, you thing. Know. sure thing. We have to host this podcast on a site. <laughs> I know. So it's kind of like, okay. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, okay, stalker. And they walk into the uh-huh. house, you know, and he like sits her down and he wants, you know, to like kind of interview her. Yeah, yeah. But she's like pissed and he's like, come on, cheer up like this. You know, you need to sell this place, you know, and right. you're kind of like Dawson. Why aren't you talking to Bessie? Uh, that's she how I is, felt too. Bessie would just come and like sell this your socks off. Like, are you kidding me? Absolutely. Bessie is the like charisma of this of the Potter of family. This duo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause yeah. Joey, she's quite all rightly. positive and <laughs> Bessie fucking uh, yeah we would book flights to cape side right now if we had seen whatever sh- her pitch was uh, n- uh, no doubt no doubt in the middle of this goddamn pandemic yes so so um i just want to note we are not flying anywhere at the moment so <laughs> <laughs> don't take that literally um but bessie or joey's like you know dawson look i do toilets and i do windows mm-hmm I don't do the faux perkiness shit, like, whatever. And just right as she says that, in <laughs> in comes Pacey Witter. Pacey. Bundle and of excitement. Like, oh, my God. Hear me <laughs> out. I fixed it. I've got the best idea. I, I got and it. I, I felt he, a little guilty about wrongfully inspiring you. <laughs> and he drops the most wild idea you've ever heard. I, I Yes. <laughs> yes. He does. He's like, look, I talked to the B and B critic of this, you know, quarterly magazine. Right. The and Roger I invited Ebert him- of the VMB world, he calls him. Yeah. <laughs> and I invited him to come stay with us. Tonight. Uh, what? Tonight. Why would why would you do that? Frederick Fricky. Here he's coming. He's coming. <laughs> 
Um, so she um, says he writes for a bunch of outlets and he's going to review the Potter B&B in the New York Times travel section. <laughs> Girl, listen, it is uh, it, part of my job is getting things written about in the New York Times. I want to tell you. <laughs> I have 15 years of experience. It's fucking hard. I know. Basically, like, the New York Times does dude, not care about you. I made a call. <laughs> You're okay. kind of like, what does John Witter know about okay. Fred Fricky? Legitimately, I have contacts at the New York Times and still can't get him to write about shit. Like, it's, <laughs> that's not that is not easy. Anyway, so Joey. Joey. Is like, are you fucking kidding me? What the fuck? There is a half finished room. (laughs) We have no guests. Bessie's pancakes are horrible. (laughs) And we have no guests. And Pacey is like, he's like, don't worry. I'm a marketing guru. Mm -hmm. And I've come up with personas of everyone you need. Listen, I kind of want to hire Pacey Witter to be my marketing (laughs) assistant. (laughs) Seriously. I'm ready. Pacey, you're hired. Um, Okay, so... Pacey then starts bringing out the guests because yes. he's got guests here to help fill out this Creekside Inn, yeah, Creekside yeah. B&B. First, here comes Grams with Jack, Jen, and Andy. Yeah, he's like the grandma who grew up on the Cape and wants to show her grandkids where she grew up. Mm. <laughs> and, and they walk in and... They like say their boundaries. <laughs> yeah, Andy's like, I need an eight AM wake up call. Jack says he needs his OJ freshly squeezed, and Jen says that she needs black coffee. And God help you if you wake her up before noon. And I was like, Why hey. did I relate to Joey as a teenager? Because I was definitely hey. Jen as a teenager. Hey. Me too. Yeah. I'm her now. Yeah, you are. You are. I get up <laughs> earlier than noon, but yeah. um, and then Pacey's like, and here we have the loving married couple. And Gail walks in, and who's right behind her? <laughs> but fucking bitch. <laughs> and Dawson, like, shook, shook, shook. And we get this kind of like ominous score music. So I wanted to say here, I've been meaning to say it for a while, that the person who does all the musical stores, scores uh-huh. on Dawson's Creek is Mark Mothersbaugh from Devo. Oh, cool. Yeah. So he does all the, when you hear the, like, you know, just the regular score yeah. music, that's all Mark Mothersbaugh from Devo. Um, he does it. And so then we go to commercial as, like, we fade out on Dawson's fucking shocked ass face. Yeah. Mark Mothersbaugh score. And here we go. And, and we- the thing is, like, when some place is open, you always have a friends and family thing, like a rest. Like, so they would have already, like, they you should have, have done soft this. open before you have a hard. Yeah. Open. Yeah. 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 Because mm. then they tell it's the same. It's a word of mouth thing, too. And it's like you have, you know, people can be like, oh, yeah, I love this. Or like, or oh, like we're not mad that it's a little bit late or that. Like, yeah. 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 yeah exactly. Things aren't running super smoothly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah mm. Exactly. Yeah, it gets you kind of like, okay, here's the things that are, here's the kinks. Yeah, in the like system. how many restaurant friends and family openings have you been to? I've been to so many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know a lot of people in service, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, <laughs> I work in downtown LA, which is kind of a friends and family place where they have those soft yeah. openings. So, like, mm-hmm. 
you know, it's in normal times. I work in downtown LA. Totally. Um, I miss it. I miss you downtown LA. (laughs) What a lovely place. (laughs) Anyway, so we come back from commercial and Joey is dragging Pacey outside to yell at him. And And Dawson's right on his heels. (laughs) Falling to yell as well. (laughs) Everyone's mad at Pacey. And Joey is mad that Pacey has done this Mm -hmm. option. Mm -hmm. Fair, fair. I mean, I think that's a little bit fair is mad about his parents mm. and Pacey's like all right I can fix Dawson right now <laughs> and he's like Dawson I only invited Mitch Mitch invited Gail so take this shit up with them <laughs> yeah exactly so okay. not my problem yeah your your parents and are doing yeah. this your your parents be wild yeah <laughs> and then Joey just like is freaking out because she reveals to them. And this, I feel like makes sense. She's like, Bessie's thinking about taking about a mortgage and like, mm. we could lose the house, yeah, you know? Yeah. And this, I feel like you would totally do this to your friends, you know? And, you know, they, Dawson's like <laughs> a Joey here. And he, he's like, you, they can't, she can't do that. Right. And Pacey who understands the situation, he panics. Right, right, right. Because Pacey is like, you know, all these people were so nice. Like, they they just gave you a display like that would make George Bailey, you know, tear up. And she was like, it might be it might be a wonderful life for everyone else. But like, for me, I'm this is the fucking barrel of the shotgun that I'm looking down. Yeah. yeah, And Pacey really does get it. Right. So like Pacey immediately is like, okay. You know, because uh, Joey says to him, like, look, like you wouldn't show a movie reviewer a rough cut and you yeah. wouldn't serve a food critic your first stab at a new recipe. So, like, exactly. why are you doing this? And, like, I would yeah. like to keep a, a roof over my head. And, you know, Dawson kind of doesn't seem to understand that, like, Bessie is the one that has the control over this because he's like, what? You can't let Bessie do this. And she's like, right. Bessie's the well, also, Dawson doesn't understand money. Right that too and pacey starts dialing immediately and is yeah, like pacey okay i'm gonna like, call okay him. okay and he, he's like i'm gonna fix this he yeah. grabs the phone and he starts dialing and is you know as he's pressing the buttons there's a knock on the door mm-hmm. and in walks in this extra dude and he's like hi i'm fred freaky <laughs> yeah because joey because joey walks in and sees him and she's like let me guess the fuller brush ma- brush man and he's like, no, I'm Fred Fricky. And you're like, burr, burr, burr. okay. And everyone's like, oh. Yeah. So Dawson goes into his parents' room and he's pissed. And I'm, I'm with him. I, I, yeah, because I, I feel like Dawson, like, I, I sort of vacillate whether I'm with him or against him in this episode. At this point, right. I am with him too. Totally. Yeah. And because, especially since his parents are like, dude, be chill, man. Be chill. <laughs> And you're like, fuck you. Like, it's, I don't know. It's so weird because he like, he barely tells people his feelings, I think. And Uh he's kind of telling his parents how he feels. He's like, this is super confusing to me. Y'all are married and you're divorced. Yeah. Enemies and your friends. And now you're like putting on this display. And like he talked to Nikki. I mean, he hasn't told his parents, but we know as a viewer, he talked to Nikki, like the, the picture perfect life he had has broken. And so he doesn't like having to visit that life that doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. It feels really um, Mm -hmm. sad. He's mourning that life, you know, and to have his parents be like, Hey, step back into that old life that you no longer have because of us. Well, and, and like, and Dawson's like, you know, 
look, dad to Mitch, like Pacey asked you to help. He didn't say anything about mom. And Mitch is kind of like, Dawson, you're seeing something that's like not here. Like this is not some dark like thing meant to like get you like we're just literally helping out joey right and and you know he's dawson says that he's sick of seeing these two people who don't know what they want and like he walks out he's just kind of like like, don't worry once everyone's asleep mitch is gonna leave and you're like i don't think that's what dawson's worried about the sleeping arrangements Mm -hmm. you sex kitten you do you know um and like (laughs) and mitch is kind of like dawson you're being dark you know and you're like whoa i mean like I see their point of view where they're trying to be like, no, we're friends, you know, yeah. but like, I don't think they're um, making any effort to see Dawson's point of view. It, and like, even if it is to like, say to him, like, I hear you, but like, that's not what's happening. We're trying to pursue a friendship because we want to co-parent. Like we really love each other. We just couldn't make it work. And we're going to be in each other's lives forever because of you. And as a result, we prefer to be in each other's lives as friends instead of enemies. And I think like that's the thing, right? Is that it's like I I get that there have been times over the last Mm -hmm. year or whatever that like they have been kind of at each other's throats. And like I think and like we've said before, neither of us, our parents never got divorced. So we don't really know what it's like. But at the same time, it's like I get that there's a part of you that's like prepping for them being at each other's throats like okay you're gonna be at each each other's throats i'm gonna like deal with that but then it's like wait you're gonna be nice to each other like how do i deal with that like right you know that that there's been like a preparation for the one thing but not the other thing and and my thing is like inconsistent and you're like and i i totally hear that about dawson and mm. he's also like had like this huge rupture in the consistency of his life. So that is very scary to him. But, you know, like it's one of those things which just actually needs more communication. doesn't need, as Gail (laughs) said, like, look on the bright side. It's like, it needs to be like, yeah, we were assholes to each other and we might be assholes to each other again, but we've made a promise to each other. We're going to try our best to be friends. Right. And I think like, I think there's a way in which Dawson... It's like Dawson doesn't kind of know what to do with that, you mm-hmm. know, and yeah. and I and it's like I I actually feel for him and not knowing what to do with that, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like I feel like that's what we're really witnessing is yeah. him being like I don't know I know what to do when you guys hate each other, but I don't know what to do when you guys are like nice to each other, and in a way it sort of feeds into the the shit between him and Joey, right? Of well, like, exactly because it's like him having to confront the fact that he could love Joey, but that could not be enough, right? To be have a romantic relationship, you know? Yes. So confronting that is like it it like it's jarring. It, yeah, and also it it you know, uh, changes everything he thinks to be true. Like it, right. it totally disrupts his reality. Yeah. 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 Well, okay. We're going to get into that a little more in a bit. Um, <laughs> so, so we go over to Joey who's showing Fred Fricky to his room. I, yeah. I mean, where the fuck is Bessie? Why is Joey doing this? She I know. should not be. Not, she's she's like, just not, I mean, look at, I love Joey Potter, but she's, that's not where her skill set lies. No, she, customer service is not for her all those years in the service industry have you know Mm. not Mm. i think where she'd be really good is at like kind of a rowdy bar where she had to deal with um (laughs) 
rowdy people i think that's where she'd really thrive um so (laughs) and he's like um it's hella cold and she just like (laughs) says one of the stupidest things i've ever heard (laughs) she's like oh we're an environmentally friendly b&b so we just keep we keep the thermostat really low Uh Uh (laughs) and she like goes to like change it yeah you know the temperature or whatever and and then he follows that up with (laughs) When you think environmentally friendly, B&B was the dumbest thing ever. Uh, he says, what? No ensuite commode. And she's like, what does that mean? He's like, OK, Alex Trebek. I know. Okay. And he's like, uh, where's the bathroom? And yeah. she tells him it's down the hall. It's a communal bathroom. So <laughs> he's like, not stoked. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Which, I get like, it. This is what my parents had always told me what a and b was. They're like, yeah, the thing is we want our own bathroom. Yeah, yeah And I yeah. remember as a kid being like, I don't understand what you're saying. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, b and is like you have to share a bathroom. I, and I was like, got it. Yeah. I see why we've never stayed at one. <laughs> totally. Got it. Totally. But also you and I have stayed at places where we've had to share bathrooms. Yes. No, totally. I mean, I've definitely done that. <laughs> yeah. It's because it's a, the economical thing. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. economical. Totally. But I'm with you. And like, particularly when I'm on a work trip, I'm like, do not put me in a place where I have to share anything. No. I want to go back to my room and not talk to people after I yeah. work all fucking day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I want there to be a bar in the hotel as well. Those are my two <laughs> things. I'm like, <laughs> or next door. Like, I, yeah, yeah. I'll stay anywhere you put me, but I need a bar and I need my own fucking bathroom. Um, okay. So, and, um, <laughs> you know, he, yeah, he's not very stoked. And you're like, all right. But, and she says there's high tea at five o'clock. <laughs> okay girl look i there's a one of my favorite places to stay in san francisco is a place called shit um i forget what it's called it's on it's right near union square but it's like this literary hotel and at five o'clock they give you one free drink and they have a bar it's like a book themed hotel yeah yeah and the, the bar is called the library bar. And at five o'clock, you get like a free glass of wine. And yeah. I, I'm like, for a small kind of boutique hotel, that's great. Because you like, everyone no, totally. comes down at five. I mean, uh, we spend a lot of time at the Embassy Suites. Mm. And um, at five o'clock, they have a free cocktail hour. I think it's five to six. And you better bet my parents are always there. And we were like, me and my brother were like, fuck yeah, Shirley Temple, yeah. Roy Rogers. You get like a bucket of popcorn. Embassy fuck Suites yeah. is just doing a great job because they do fuck a free yeah. breakfast, too. I think so. Yeah, mm. totally. Yeah, we Jen and I stayed at one for um, spring training in Phoenix once. Yeah, that was a common chain that we would always stay at yeah 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 they're they're great they're great yeah did totally. you we had we stayed at one in the south once you and i with some of I, our friends probably yeah yeah and i, I love waffles the there streets. yeah yeah okay. yeah i just yeah, remember I the waffles it. yeah yeah totally anyway um and but i'm just like it's, the imagining joey serving high tea was like oh. making me giggle yeah i mean I, <laughs> as well I like, it should okay and she's and like she at breakfast like, at uh-huh. seven starts tomorrow at seven you know and mm-hmm. he's kind of rude but and she's like terrified yeah because she says enjoy your stay twice like she says it at the beginning and then she yeah. says it at the end and he's, he's like, like you, you already, already said, said that. that you know and she You're leaves like, and is like fuck god which i get i get that totally um, you know, he's being super he's being kind scary. of that's why it's like why is she in charge yeah she's like 16 i don't know it's like a lot of pressure on Agreed. her 
lot of responsibility you know yeah so we go to jack and andy who are sharing a room and jack's like freezing like it's this is the thing everyone's freezing super cold and andy's like you think we can successfully impersonate sibling this this weekend like kind of trying to break the ice with him yeah yeah and jack's like not having it he's like come on fuck you like calm down lady because she says like i don't know how you can get a good night's sleep if you're not in your own bed like i never do and she he's kind of like uh-uh we're not gonna do this calm down he's like i know dad wants me back but i don't want to hear it so stop this and she's like what me (laughs) and he's he says like if you're gonna keep doing this like i'm gonna go stay with jen yeah basically is like no yeah and i you know i i appreciate jack's like (laughs) nope here's my boundary (laughs) Yeah, no, it's kind of interesting, I think, because like you he's reiterating that he doesn't want to stay there because of his dad. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of I'm surprised that Andy is continuing to use their dad as the the reason. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I, I agree. I agree. And yeah, we go over to Bessie and Joey are talking. They're like kind of peering in at Fred Freaky and they're talking and like they're wondering like where Pacey is, you know, and um, and Joey's like, oh, she's he's counting animals two by two because the the bathroom flooded. Yeah, (laughs) like he's Noah on the ark. It's a weird reference for Joey. Very odd, but. We cut straight to Pacey, who is now mopping the floor and is like, <laughs> I'm a hotel management out. I'm not doing that. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> okay. And, but weird. I mean, like, just Pacey, listen, <laughs> what we've seen Pacey so far get Fred Fricky to come here. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I get, like, I'm with you that, like, probably it's not the best idea, idea yeah. but, like, he but is he also, trying. Like, called all Andy and, you know, Jen uh-huh, and, uh-huh. you know, Mitch and, like, got all these people to show up and, like, yeah, and he's helping for sure. And now he's dealing with a overflow yeah. toilet. And then we go out to Dawson, who's sitting on Joey's dock, and yeah, Mitch comes beautiful. up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he just tells Dawson that Gail is struggling to find a new job. Right. Because, like, the networks basically, all the networks she's applying with think she's too old. Mm-hmm. And Dawson's like, well, he, she never told me that. And Mitch is kind of like, she never told me either. Told me but, either. Like, like, we have we mutual, have mutual friends. friends. And, and I'm like, I've, I know. I'm like, this doesn't check out, but you have okay. friends? Yeah. <laughs> Where? Who are yeah. they? So <laughs> tell Graham, me everything, Mitch. This. Tell me everything. No. <laughs> yeah, and Mitch is like, look, she didn't tell me this either. Mm. We have mutual friends. And then Dawson, like, <laughs> this is when I was like, you're being extra. Mm. He's like, yeah, but I'm her son and you're her ex. Right. And I'm like, this actually doesn't make sense because, no. like, her financial situation she would have to tell Mitch because yeah, they yeah, might yeah. have to change the terms of their, their financial agreement. Absolutely. Like if he's getting alimony, that would completely change. Totally. And like, and Mitch is like, look, I'm your mom's friend. And like, you know, Dawson says that that pisses him off that like they're friends. And Mitch mm-hmm. is like, it pisses you off that like your parents have this cordial relationship post their divorce. Yeah. And Dawson, I kind of like fair point, Mitch. You know, uh, absolutely. I, I mean, I think like, like, like this storyline Why are you pissed about this? Yeah, right. Because yeah. Dawson's like really pissed. Like you hear yeah. it, he's like, "I'm fucking pissed off." He doesn't say fuck, obviously, because yeah. we were on the WB. But he's like, "I'm pissed off." Yeah. You know, 
And and Dawson's like, you know, you know, like you're married and you're divorced and then your enemies and your friends and like, what are you like? I just don't know. And this is Dawson's thing, right? Is that like he does not account for fluctuation in people's relationships. He that Mitch was mad at first because Gail cheated on him. And then that anger went away, even though Mitch was like, I still feel like I can't really be with you. Yeah. The anger isn't there anymore. Like it does go away. And so it's mm-hmm. like, but I would like to be friends. I still care about you. I just yeah. don't think we should be in a romantic relationship. Yeah. It's like the same as Pacey and Andy. It's like, absolutely. I love you. And I thought you were my, the one for me, but like, I just, I don't think so. I don't think I can do this after this cheating scandal. Right. Know, right. This event, you know? And like, and yeah, Mitch is kind of like, why aren't you just grateful we're friends? And I think the thing is with Dawson is like he writes these scripts in his head mm-hmm. and he doesn't know how to handle it when it doesn't go his when way. When it off course. Yeah. Like that happened with his relationship with Jen. He wrote the script in his head. And when he found out she was her own person, he mm-hmm. like couldn't handle it, you know? Mm-hmm. And like he's kind of done this with Joey where he's like, well, yeah, we we, we dated and like we broke up, but we're going to end up together because right. we love each other. And like, so seeing Mitch and Gail be like, yeah, we were married and then we broke up and we're just going to be friends, even right. though we do love, we love each other, but we're going to be friends. Right. And right. that like, is <clears throat> too much for him to handle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, he's, he kind of says as much, he's like, yeah, you know, it's a little late for you guys to be friends. And, and Mitch is like, no, there's like no, no time constraint on care or limit on caring for someone, particularly when you've spent this much time with them. And like, I agree. Exactly. I, agree. I mean, I completely agree. Um, so, so we, we go over and we go over and um, Fred is on the couch and mm-hmm. Bessie and Joey are the, the Potter's sister sandwich they, or whatever. They're <laughs> talking to him. Bessie's definitely flirting with him. Bessie then puts her hand on his leg. Mm-hmm. And Joey is shook, and so am I. I'm like, this isn't <laughs> Bessie's vibe. It's, it's really not, although Bessie and what about is Bodie? like... Bodie? Like, come on. No, totally. Uh, you know, I think... And, like, we, like, it's like, it's this is one of the things that I actually, like, this really made me piss, because it's like... Bessie is a kid, but that doesn't mean she's like sexual. Like she's had sex, right, but like right, right. she doesn't like lead with her sexuality. So like this thing that she's doing, you're like, why'd they even put that in there? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think like we've seen Bessie be kind of the charming one um, right. a couple of times now, like once or twice now. But yeah, but I don't know why should they put the in this same, flirtiness. Like charming. No, no, no. I, I'm yeah, you. you're like, yeah. what? This doesn't make any sense, yeah. you know? Yeah. And like what? She's going to fuck this guy when like Bodie's in the other town? Like you don't get that vibe about Bessie at all. No, no. I, I, and I don't know that it's necessarily like I'm going to fuck this guy, but more like let's you know make him feel good kind of thing right super Um, weird it is it is and we hear pacey announce that the bathroom is almost fixed yeah and bessie's like oh have you met her (laughs) on-site handyman pacey witter and pacey comes in and um then we see like a plume of smoke and a popping sound (laughs) and fred's like Ooh, I think Mr. Witter should check the furnace. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, look, Fred Fricky comes off as kind of dickheadish through this whole thing. Yes, yes, yeah. Right. And he so this is like a pretentious, like, you know, I don't know. Just like Yeah, like okay. a B and B guy. 
Yeah, yeah. So we we that brings us to another commercial, and then we go to Joey, who is looking at the furnace, having no luck. And Bessie lets us know that Fred Fricky went into town to have dinner. Yeah. And and Joey is like mad that Bessie was flirting. Yeah. Yeah. And she should be mad. I would have been mad. Like, what what was your plan here? Like, what kind of what kind of B and B are we trying to have here? Like, you know, like, come on, like, what's going on here? This isn't you, you know. Like, what are you hoping to accomplish? But, you know, Joey does. She kind of gets snotty though. She's like, you know, I'm just a child. What would I know? And I'm like, oh, okay, like, calm yeah, down, like, you know, and, 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 um, Bessie's like, look, I wish Bodie would come home. I ask him every chance yeah. I can, but we can't afford it, which right. like, we're just supposed to go with that. We don't really know what that means, but like, okay. And like he's, um, he's apparently working at a nice place that like pays him a lot more than any place in Cape side will. But don't they have to pay for his living expenses? I don't know. I mean, I if you were working at like a nice restaurant in a hotel, maybe not. <laughs> Who knows? But anyway, um, Joey like says this thing where she's like, "Do you remember what it's like to be 16? Because you have all the responsible, all the responsibilities of an adult, and none of the authority." Mm-hmm. And like, here's the thing: at 16, you should not have all the responsibilities of the of an adult. <laughs> I get right. that Joey does have a lot of them, and like, that's yeah. where where I give her so much space and so much leniency to like kind of behave <laughs> a little right. bit shitty because I think she does have so much on her shoulders. No, exactly. Like I've said before, like I think her, I understand her anger because she's just like got a raw deal you know <laughs> absolutely sucks, you know absolutely. So you're like i would be mad about that too like i wouldn't have to worry about like my parents like mortgaging their house and po- possibly losing it and like right. whether or not there was like f- food available in my fridge like you know i know people ha- do experience that but i'm fortunate where i didn't you know uh, absolutely and, like, absolutely so, and i think that people that do have that experience of course you're fucking mad And, like, my thing is, like, look, I was a person that at 16 got a job and worked and, like, Mm -hmm. had all that. But that was, uh, I feel like it was much more for character building exercise than, like, uh, that was money I got to keep. It did not need to go to a family, you know. And it it didn't need to go to my sort of, like, expense, my own expenses, right? Like, my Mm -hmm. mother bought me food and she bought me clothes. Right. So the money that I earned for myself went to me doing fun stuff i mean some right. of it went to like paying for gas and shit like that but right. like, yeah, yeah. you know it, it was uh, it it's just not the same it, you know as someone who had a job at 16 who who does remember some of having responsibilities at that point it's just not the same and exactly my, yeah. my you know my own my own experience is nowhere near what joey's experience is and I get where Joey's coming from, where she's like, you know, I have all this responsibility, but like, I don't have any of the authority. I can't vote. Yeah, like I, I don't. I get can't drink. I can't yeah. make any definitive decisions about my life. Like, and and it, I feel like that both feels so young and so true. Where yeah. you're like, I can't do anything. Like, I can't make any of these decisions. And mm-hmm. blah 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 blah. And like, that's such a young person thing to think. But then also, it's it is very true, particularly when you're young, as it feels like that. 
No, that's the fucking worst part about being a teenager. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean? That's why you like have the light at the end of the tunnel of college, which like you still it's like adulthood with training wheels, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. but you're yeah. like, at least I get to make like, you know, 70 percent of my choices yeah. on my own. Yeah, yeah. You know, totally. And J- Bessie just dropping truth bombs left and right goes getting older does not necessarily give you more say in your life. Yeah. And she goes, you think I wanted to be stuck here at 26, taking care of two kids by myself? And I was like, here we are. I know. Because that's the thing, right? Is that like, and I think that's what the Potters and particularly Bessie Potter shows us so much is like, particularly when you're poor. Yeah. A lot of those, a lot of those decisions get taken from you. Yeah. And so even though, Bessie is an independent person who gets to do whatever she wants. She is so bound in by her responsibility that it's like, right. look, Joey, you think you're bound in by your responsibility? I fucking am too. Yeah. Like I can't leave Cape side because I'd have to move you, you know, like you would <laughs> yeah. have to come with me, you know? Well, so and like, like we'd have like, to sell this she was house. Com- and- yeah. She was complaining about having the trauma from like, you know, Oh, this woman that like made fun of me in high school. I still have mm-hmm. to interact with her and I can't leave this town because of, of you, you know? And I, I like, I appreciate that Bessie like gives Joey a lot of space to mm-hmm. be a little bit immature and be a teenager. But then sometimes she draws a line of like hard past. <laughs> yeah. Woman. Yeah. Absolutely not. Like you're, I know you're stressed out and you're spinning, but like you were a team and I'm stressed out too. So you right. don't get to be this way. You think right. I want to potentially lose the house? Why do you, you think I'm just being reckless? Like, come on, you know, no, I'm trying to fucking do this. I'm trying to make this a success. Yeah. And, and Bessie's like, for someone who wants to leave town so bad, you're putting a lot of fucking effort into this house. Yeah. Cause, cause she's like, you know, Joey says like, Oh, I'm sorry that like me and Alexander are such a putting such a crimp in your lifestyle. And is like, you know, I'm trying to get out of your hair. And then Bessie's like, you know, (laughs) why are you putting so much into this? And Joey's like, oh, you're right. I should not. And like walks away. That's like her. (laughs) Her thing is like, you know, I think Bessie is actually really asking, like, what's your deal? What are you doing here? And I think there's a certain part of Joey. I mean, there's a part of me that gets that like Joey... I think there's a certain amount of guilt that Joey has that she actually might be able to get out and go to college and and her sister doesn't get to do that. Yeah. And like, I mean, I'm here for that dynamic all day because I think that's a fucking real dynamic and I think it's really hard. Yeah. I mean, I think that's why we love Bessie so much because the the (laughs) story between Joey and Bessie is just so compelling. So compelling. So interesting. Like, you know, whenever we have to watch Mitch and Galen Dawson, like that family unit, you're like, eh, like I I get it. It's It's fine. Divorce is super hard. And like, I love that they're telling this story and like, that's cool. Like, I think people can really relate to this, you know, and I don't know how many people can relate to the story of Joey and Bessie. That being said, it is just so compelling. Absolutely. You know? and, and I mean that, that it's so complicated. I think that's what the, what is compelling about it is it's so yeah. complicated. Is it's so like Bessie wants nothing more than for her sister to get out of this town. Yeah. And yeah. yet she's the one stuck in it, you know, and, exactly. it, and it's like that's And compelling. she doesn't want her sister to feel like a burden, but like her sister is a burden. Right. 
So we go outside to Pacey, who is He's chopping like wood. Angrily chopping wood. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Mitch walks up and yeah. is like, whose head is that? And Pacey's like, it's, it's like, mine. If anyone belongs on this chopping block, it's me. Yeah. And, He's like, this whole thing was my idea. And Pacey starts spinning. <laughs> yeah, because Pacey's and, like, I'm the one who decided to not to refurbish the old furnace and not get a new one. Yeah, this whole B&B was my idea. Mm-hmm. And then Mitch laughs and throws an apple. <laughs> I know. <laughs> What? He's just like littering on this like property I that they're he trying threw to. I it in the creek. There was a little noise that it like splashed <laughs> okay. into the creek. I will say I listened. I did listen for it. Um, and Pacey's like, you know, look, it wasn't even it wasn't easy for me to get Fred Fricky to come here. Like I had to pull out all the stops. Mm-hmm. And now it's like a comedy of errors that's going to put the Potter sisters in the poorhouse. And like, I feel really like responsible for this up and down. Yeah. And Mitch, uh, look. I am fucking here for Mitch parenting all these kids who don't fucking have parents. I know. he. I like, do appreciate he, him. I know. <laughs> Unlike his it's, son. So interesting. I mean, mm. that's so common. Oh, sure. You know, totally. My parents it's parented so people all the time that I would be like, and they, and they, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm so yeah. glad they got to. I'm so glad yeah, they got yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, um, Mitch is like. He te- Pacey tell, yeah or Mitch tells Pacey that Bessie and Joey should be lucky to have Pacey in their life. Yeah, consider like, themselves lucky. Yeah. Yeah. And Pacey's like, what do you mean? I have the opposite of the Midas touch. Everything I turn just like goes to shit, you know? Yeah. yeah. And Mitch is like, I think you're seeing this wrong. Like yeah. you're like looking at this through the lens of negativity. Like you haven't given up yet. You're like still working your ass off. Chopping wood. Yeah. You're trying to like find a solution to this problem, you know? Yeah. And like, it's just like, you finally see Pacey have a dad moment mm-hmm. <laughs> and Pacey's like shook. Cause Mitch is like, look, like you've put so much selfless work into this place and you know, think about what you contributed and like that part, like the think about what you contributed part just sort of goes to the heart of who, who Pacey is. Mm-hmm. And Mitch asks him like, what you really need to think about is like why you care so much. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he sort of leaves Pacey with that thought. Like, why do you care so much about yeah. doing this, about doing the right thing for these people? Like, mm-hmm. what is it about these people that has you? Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so Dawson and Gail are at the Leary house yeah. and they're getting blankets. Like and heavy blankets, yeah. Dawson apologizes to Gail, you know. For blowing and, up at her. Yeah. Yeah. And he and he just kind of admits, like, I don't understand how you and dad are better off as only friends. Right. And then Gail kind of says this thing that, like, <laughs> I don't agree with at all. Okay, because... Because Dawson's like, you seem to still care, like, like each other and care about each other. And Gail's like, yeah, we do. But we also know that we're better off apart. Right. And like, that's kind of hard to bear. And then she goes to Joey and is like, think about you and Joey. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, your breakup. She tells him your breakup. The the decision to break up was not made in one sitting. It's cumulative. Do you you mm-hmm. decide over and over every day? 
And that's the part that I, <laughs> that's the part I don't, I don't think is true. You don't, yeah. I think you decide over and over to be with each other, but yeah, I don't I think do every day you decide over and over. I think once you decide you're done, you're done. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I agree with you on that. And I think like, I think that like Mitch and Gail have a way of, I mean, they have Dawson, you know, they have to, mm-hmm. they're going to have to continue yeah. interacting with each other for like, they have no choice. They, quite for a the while. Rest of their lives, they're going to be in each other's lives, whether it's actually physically or from like hearing about each other from Dawson, Absolutely. you know, and like they at this moment have decided that they would prefer to be in each other's lives as friends and to co try to make an effort yeah. to change the way they co-parent because yeah. they weren't doing a good job before, you know, totally. And I, and I think that like, I think that that's totally noble. That's totally great. Like, yeah, do it if that feels right. And her sort of talking about Joey. I mean, I think there is a parallel there, right? Where it's I like, I completely agree. And I think that she's trying her best to like, she thinks that, you know, Dawson and Joey are broken up for good, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so she, so that's what she's I think that to- too. Yeah. So she's trying to draw that connection of like, see, you, you totally love Joey, but like, Mm -hmm. it just wasn't right, you know? And like, and like y'all are like friends again, you know, and you're pursuing to get back on like the level of being like super tight best friends. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a great idea. The, The idea that I have sort of a problem with is like, they're not deciding every day to not be together. Yeah. They have already made that decision. Exactly. That's Mm -hmm. a decision that's pretty firm and final. Yeah. So we go then to to Grams' house where Jack and Andy are going to get a space heater. And (laughs) Andy sees on the fridge that they are out of, quote unquote, Jack milk. And she's (laughs) like, what's Jack milk? Just like an iconic line. (laughs) Totally. Totally. (laughs) And Jack's like, it's whole milk. Grams is skim. Jen is 1%. And... Andy's kind of like, wow, okay. Yeah. And she then and picks up a yeah, coffee Jack's mug. like, oh. you know, Grams is a pretty accommodating, but she runs a tight ship. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. They like, each have their own milk. Um, yeah. Then Andy picks up this coffee mug that has Jack's name on it. It looks kind of homemade, like they did it at yeah. one of those like, places where you make yeah, your color mine or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Color mine, thank you. And Andy's like, what's this? And Jack <laughs> kind of chuckles, and he's like, ah, oh, you wouldn't get it. It's kind of yes. like an inside joke, you know? Yeah. And Andy's like a little bit disappointed, and she's like, look, I, I get it. You have a home. Like, you I just have, have this a, family now. Yeah. I just have a lonely house, you know, where mm. no one cares what whether I'm home or not or what kind of milk I drink or has any inside jokes with me or like wonders what play I'm directing. Yeah. And then Jack realizes <laughs> that Andy is the one that wants him to move back home. Cause like, listen, Andy's been through some fucking shit and I know yeah. we've talked about sort of her character in this season, mm-hmm. particularly and the sort of negligence of the right stuff. And I mean, even mm-hmm. Gina Fattori told us like, yeah, we yeah. just didn't know what to do with her exactly. kind of. And, you know, I think that this is the point where you really realize, like, Andy's Andy's sort of been abandoned by everyone. Like, this is a person that just came back from a mental health facility where she had to go because she was hallucinating, you know? Exactly. And she kind of came back and all of her friends were 
scattered into the wind. And and like she's in this giant house all alone and her dad's a fucking asshole. We know that, (laughs) you know, fuck that guy. We don't really know what her mom is doing, although they talked about maybe putting her in some kind of facility as well. Mm -hmm. Loosely talked about it last season, you know. (laughs) And like she kind of she it gets honest with him. She's like, look, I I miss you, but I don't want to guilt you into leaving this home you have, you Mm -hmm. know? And I think that's so real and complicated of like, look, you have this amazing life and I don't want you to leave that for me, you know? But if it was my preference, I I would want that, you know? And I don't want you to feel, I want you to make that choice like free of guilt. Right. Right. And, and like the way I put it and the way I sort of saw it is, is like, it's not meant as a plea, the way mm-hmm. that she's the way that she's sort of asking him, she's like yeah. not trying to plead with him. Mm-hmm. She's just telling him the truth about how she feels. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that I really and respect. She also, you feel like she's giving the space for him to say, like, look, I can't do it. And yeah. she would say, OK, OK. You know, like yeah. it feels like this really safe space where they of total honesty. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Um, then we go over to Dawson and Jen, who are looking at the moon outside. Yeah. And the moon has an orange tint to it. And Jen <laughs> says it's gorgeous. Like, it's, Jen's like, it's so gorgeous. And Dawson's like, it's pollution. And I'm like, no, it's not. You don't know that. At some factory the, in Boston just released something toxic into the air. The moon could be red for a number of reasons. That is true. That is true. Also, you know, L.A., when the sunsets are particularly red, it's usually is because we're having bad air quality. not the moon. It's not the moon. You're right. I'm here with um, you. I'm with you. But it's doesn't, it. it's whatever. It, it's the storytelling. <laughs> but I was like, mm, no, 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 Dawson. Yeah, yeah. You don't eat. I don't know. We'd have to look at that day. Maybe it was a blood moon. <laughs> Maybe it was a harvest moon. Yeah. Yeah. And so Jen's like, you know, there was a time when you would just see the magic in a site like this. And and he says, you know, I still do, but I sense I see the reality behind it as well. <laughs> and then just like, LOL. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And then Jen asks if she can ask him something. And we cut yeah. to this shot of her face as she's lying to the ground next to him. And like, my fucking God, Michelle Williams looks so beautiful in the shot. I like had to stop. I like I was like, (laughs) holy shit. Yeah. She looks amazing in this shot. And she asks him about when they were dating and she told him about her past and like what was he so he she asked him what he was so scared of. Yeah. And I just love their friendship. (laughs) I love it so much i I love that she just could ask him this and then he she's the only one he he takes this space from and is honest to he is so honest and we never see him like this only with jen i agree with you 100 because he says like you know i feel like when we're young like that like anything that we don't know or understand can scare us and like Mm -hmm. i didn't know someone with your degree of life experience and he says, you know, on top of that, I was infatuated with you. Yeah. And Jen, like, gets it. She's like, okay, so that's, like, you have a really intimidated Dawson Leary when you have that stuff all stacked yeah. on top of each other. And she, and we get to the root of why she's, what, why she's behaving towards Henry. And she's like, yeah. do you think um, other boys would react that way if they found, you know, when they find out my, about my past? Yeah. And Dawson, and Dawson is totally honest with her. Yeah. He's like, look, I, I can't really say for other people, boys, mm-hmm. like I can't speak for everyone, but like, 
I, I do think, yes, like there is a reality where it's going to be real fucked up, but like, I want you to know <laughs> that the way I acted was wrong. I mean, <laughs> okay. Okay. Dawson Leary. I, I like this, this Dawson. I, I love, love this Dawson. Dawson. Can we have this Dawson all the time? Like all the time. I'm with you because I think like there's a way in which through his friendship with Jen, we see so much growth in him. Yeah. And it makes me really sad that like in other places, I mean, we literally just left these scenes with him and Mitch and him and Gail were like, he acted like a kind of an asshole and right. kind of this really young, immature kid. And like, there's a part of me that gets it. Yeah, you get it. But, but it, like he's, but he he's, also is like lacking in empathy and sympathy, you know, yeah. in, uh, in towards his parents, which like, like that's what happens. Yeah, but yeah, like, I get it. See, I feel like with Jen, we see Dawson being the person he thinks he is. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. I don't think we see the Dawson Dawson thinks he is with any other character. I agree with you. Because he says the only thing that's more beautiful than Jen Lin Lee is the reality behind her magic. And I'm like, is Dawson channeling every <laughs> Dawson's Creek fan right now? Yeah. Right? I'm sure. And he's like, I feel sorry for any guy that's too insecure to see it. And like, I think that like Dawson and Jen's friendship after the sort of rocky beginning of season two, mm -hmm. it is like one of my favorite things on this show. Yeah. I, I think the way that this show allows the two of them to come together in friendship and to be there for each other and to yeah. understand each other, I think is a really tremendous thing. And like, I wish that he had that with Joey in this like time agree. after their breakup. Because obviously Jen is talk asking about her insecurities and talking about her insecurities and mm -hmm. you know every teenager has insecurities and Joey is every you know no different. Them, yeah. And so whenever Joey comes with her insecurities, Dawson doesn't take receive them that well or mm -hmm. he doesn't he doesn't actually hear her either. I don't know if that's because of their history and right. he can't like see her as like anything other than the character he's created the yeah. story he's written you know yeah and like jen he created and then it kind of got shattered immediately and he's mm -hmm. had to make you know he's had to come to terms with the fact that jen is jen you know yeah. and the character he's written she co-wrote with him <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah she is who she is <laughs> yeah and he doesn't really get to he doesn't really she pushes back on him when she he pushes on that narrative yeah and so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just it's a short scene, but I love it. And I love I the two of them. Um, but then we go to perhaps my favorite moment in this whole episode <laughs> when all the men are trying to build a fire in the fireplace. And it's not going well. Not <laughs> at all. Not going well. And Jen and Gail are on the couch and under blankets like we're going to freeze. We're going to freeze to death. OK. OK. And then Grams comes in. And schools each and every one of them. <laughs> you won't get it started with. I wish I could do a Graham's voice. I know. I can't. You won't get it started with Hickory on the bottom. She's yeah. so fucking funny, you know? know. And she just like takes a knee and then like snaps <laughs> her finger and lights a fire. <laughs> she well, because she's like, you got to have the soft pine and then the harder oak and then the really hard hickory on the top. And like, this is how you get the fire started. And just boop, boop, boop. Fire started. Yep. <laughs> Grams 
to quote prodigy is a fire starter yeah um and everyone's super super impressed including me yes and then she says that she would build a fire after dinner every night in the winter and mm-hmm. jen's grandfather would sit in his chair and read to her some nights they'd travel with ahab in search of the white whale sometimes they'd float down the perilous river with huck and jim mm-hmm. um and everyone sort of settles into the living room together And Grams tells them that like almost every night he'd fall asleep with a book on his chest. And then she says, you know, you love someone when you can spend the entire night just sitting by the fire watching them sleep. Oh, my God. So (laughs) iconic. Just take note of that. It's coming back. (laughs) And then she says, love is the hardest of woods. Mm. It takes a long time to heat up it can burn for a long time mm-hmm. and jen is like it smells really good in here and, and grams is like oh it smells like 46 years of my life right hickory burning in the hearth smells like mm-hmm. 46 years of my life and dawson i love this scene so much i yeah, love this yeah. conversation dawson says that smell is the most powerful sense of recall we have mm-hmm. and then they all kind of start giving their favorite smells so gail <laughs> says like vanilla, vanilla. And Mitch is like, still like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, she's like, every time I smell it, yeah. you know, and Mitch she- worked at a fish house and he would soak his hands in vanilla before he'd pick me up. <laughs> Which is so he smelled like cod and vanilla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Because he would soak his hands to alleviate the cod smell. So, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you right now. That this might be weird, but the smell of a fish market for me uh-huh. is the smell of my childhood, of right. course, because mm-hmm. my father worked in the fish business and I grew up in the back of fish markets and in and in the, the kitchens of seafood restaurants. I mean, right. that, is, that is where I grew up. Right. And so the smell of a fish market, a lot of people hate like like Pike Street Market uh-huh. in Seattle. Yeah, people yeah. are like, oh, it smells so bad. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. It's, it makes me so it's like. I know. You know that it smells like vacation, comfort? I think. Yeah. Yeah. To me, it yeah. smells like vacation. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, I love the smell of jasmine. It smells like the start of summer. Uh, that's a great one. That yeah. is a great one. We I, have ja- I love it too. We have jasmine everywhere in LA. Mm-hmm. And right when summer happens, it just like erupts in jasmine. <laughs> yeah. So good. There's a fence near my apartment that has this jasmine plant that like for like three or four weeks mm-hmm. um when i go on my morning walks it's like just oh my god it's pure white it's just right. so many white flowers i love it yeah. so much um so dawson says that the name's a chemical that i i didn't catch the name yeah, of used in either. the used to process film um and it reminds me of the first time he ever opened a film canister then jen <laughs> Again, is how rich he is, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Then Jen says she loves the small smell of mothballs. Yeah. And they all kind of laugh. They're like, and she's like, no, like when I was in school, like at her rich school, I would like mm-hmm. hide in the um, drama closet and at my school. And no matter like how dark my days were, like it just felt completely safe in there. Right. She would like wrap herself in the cloak of Mac- Lady Macbeth or the skirts and... She was like, no matter how much I thought my life was falling apart, like nothing could get to me in there. And I was like, whew. Okay, Jen. Dark memory. Yeah. And then Jack says like (laughs) this juice from his camp. Kickapoo juice. Kickapoo (laughs) juice. And they all giggle. And he's like, look, we all knew it was high C, (laughs) but like, you know, the camp counselor would serve Mm -hmm. it to us. And it just like, I loved it. You know? Yeah. Which I get. I mean, I totally... 
And Pacey asks if it's possible to s- smell snow. And Mitch and- is like, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cute. I think, look, I don't know a ton about snow. Um, yeah. But I think it is. I've smelled snow before and been in snowy places. I, I mean, I would totally I imagine rain. you can smell rain. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. can imagine you smell snow, you know, and you can like definitely smell like weather changing, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like we know it's it's fall in L.A. when we smell the s- smoke of the Santa Ana, the Santa Ana's, you <laughs> know, <the> fires. <laughs> yeah. And like the Santa Ana winds. Smoke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I get hit in the face with a palm frond. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hot ass wind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's that is a selling point. I will say I know we're not making it seem like that, but it is. It's lovely. Yeah. Um, And Andy says new car because her dad would always request a new rental car when they went on trips. Um, Yeah. And then Joey goes and she says it's bacon. Mm hmm. Um, first of all, I want to say that we had a roommate in college that used to cook bacon because I love the smell of bacon, even though I do not eat bacon. And she would do it just to fuck with me. Um, I don't like the smell of bacon, but yeah, I love yeah. it. But Jules would yeah. always Jules would always cook bacon yeah. when I was home because she knew I loved it. Um, so Joey says it would waft into her bedroom when she was asleep and coax her out of her dreams. And Bessie's like, yeah, our mom always cooked bacon. Yeah. It smells like mom, uh-huh. you know, and they like have this really shared memory. It's really cute. You can yeah. kind of see them healing their differences. Yeah. Um, and Joey's like, yeah, mom would have Sundays off from work and mm-hmm. she would make breakfast and I would stand there and I would talk to her about boys and my day and then uh, my life. And she we would take like shapes of trees and animals and make pancakes, mm-hmm. you know, and she shares this really sweet memory. And she's like and she used to say one day she was going to make enough money to open up her very own B- B&B. Right. And and then in this really sweet moment. <laughs> She gets sad and she stands up and she thanks everyone and kicks them out. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't get it. I don't get Joey in certain parts of this episode. And yeah. Um, this is one of them. She says, you know, I like I didn't my mom didn't get the chance to open this BNB, but I thought I would give it a shot. And then, yeah, she thanks everyone for coming and for helping them. They're f- the f- best fake guests a girl from a- could ask for. Also, her Ohio accent comes out in that ask, <laughs> ask for. Um, I hear it. And she's like, you can all go home now. And then she turns around and Fred Fricky can see that she told him, like, that these are all people that she knows. And then she says to him, like, look, this place might not be the best, but I'm sure mm-hmm. my mom would have loved it. And you're just like, what's <laughs> happening? Right. I, I agree. I, I mean... I agree. Like, I, I, I don't know what know her what deal we're is. Supposed to take away from that either. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Cause like she's like, I'm sorry. This was a horrendous experience, and I know it's not a five star B and B, but like my mother would have loved it. And she kind of like leaves, mm-hmm. and we go to a commercial. Yeah, and, and then, then when we come back, Joey's in her room now. So I guess it's she morning. has a room. Yeah, yeah it's she has a room and a bed. She's sleeping and like uh-huh. no one woke her up and um, she wakes up to like some noise in the Voices. kitchen and she goes to the kitchen and they're <laughs> recreating the scene from the big chill, I guess. Right. So we get the temptations ain't too proud to beg again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I'm not, I mean, 
no way am I complaining about the fact that that song makes a comeback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Joey walks into the kitchen where everyone is dancing and yeah. putting together breakfast. Yeah. And, like, they're all having fun and smiling. Like, it looks super fun, you know? Yeah, like, sure. I've definitely gotten, you know, um, Airbnbs with my friend, and we all make breakfast in the morning. We don't, like, dance or necessarily <laughs> I, play, like, that music, but we're not opposed to it. But definitely, I you're, definitely like, dance while I'm cooking. Um, uh-huh. I've been really on a disco kick lately. Cool. Um, and I'm going to tell you, like, when you're... I've been doing some like big complicated stuff in the Mm -hmm. kitchen just like because I don't have anything fucking else to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I'm going to tell you that like disco while you're cooking is a real mood and it's great (laughs) and it will like really get you out of a funk. Um, And so so I listen to the the radio while I'm cooking the wave, you know, I listen to I I listen to spot different Spotify stations. I usually have Mm -hmm. Spotify on my phone. So uh, it really looks anyway. fun. And Joey's like, what is going on? Am I dreaming? And Dawson's like, it's time for breakfast. And they all like sit down at this giant table to like an elaborate uh, breakfast. They're yeah. like passing trays of pancakes uh-huh. and, and eggs and everything. Coffee, yeah. And um, she says good morning to Fred. So we see he stayed the night at the mm-hmm, end of the table. Mm-hmm. And then she gets negative again. Yeah. She's like, you know, this place might have a few kinks to work out and it might not like have the like linens and super gourmet food that you're used to. And Fred then like kind of tells her like, you know, the heat didn't work last night, but this is one of the warmest places I've ever stayed. And the pancakes may be the best in the county. (laughs) And Joey's like, hold on. Yeah. What am I missing? Pancakes because <laughs> Bessie cannot make pancakes. No. <laughs> and they all and start chanting chef. Chef. <laughs> chef. 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 And who comes out? Oh my god, yes. Bodie's back. He's holding Bodie. Alexander. <laughs> Bodie's back. He's holding Alexander. He and tells Joey cheering. he wouldn't miss them for the world. This for the world. We're cheering. Joey gets up and runs and hugs her, yeah. him. And that's what we want to do. We're like, <laughs> finally, he's here. Yeah. You know, Bodie is back. We've been fucking uh, waiting for him. Yeah. And we see her excitement because like he was such a father figure to her. Mm-hmm, so we mm-hmm. in that moment, remember like how pivotal he has been to her life and right. what she must be missing from him not being there. Right. And Bessie then grabs Joey and is like, you know, I thought about what you said about mom last night and I went to the attic and she shows Joey the guest book that their dad gave their mom for Christmas 10 years ago. Yeah. And she's like, He's you like, know, I, be- I had forgotten about that. You know, yeah. we signed our names as the first guest, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, Bessie's like, I don't know how I forgot. And Joey's kind of like, you know, you've had you have a lot on your plate. Exactly. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, she does. <laughs> yeah. And they hug in forgiveness, you know. Mm-hmm. And then Mr. Fricky says to the Potter B&B, may it live long and prosper. So we get that Fricky is a Trekkie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And good. And then they all cheers. <laughs> and then we go to this separate like post breakfast, these separate places. So. We start in Mitch and Gail's room and yeah. they're kind of like, Gail's like, oh, can I get some help? She and Mitch puts her necklace on her and she's like, you know, the vanilla thing, the nostalgia, like Mitch says, you know, this brought back another memory for me. And, and Gail's like, the f- oh, yeah, the fish bistro. Like mm-hmm. you thought that up when I was pregnant with Dawson, mm-hmm. Leary's fresh fizz. And Mitch is like, yeah, but if I remember right, it was actually like 
it was your dream. Yeah, it wasn't really mine. And Gail's like, I don't know about that. Yeah. And and we see this moment how Mitch is a good friend to Gail. He's like, no, no, you you definitely accomplished your goals and your dreams. I don't mean it like that. But I mean, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. this was something that you wanted. And, you know, I, there's a little place that I saw and I, I on the wharf and I, I think you should go take a look at it. Yeah. He's like, you know, you were a successful newscaster and like that's where life took you. But yeah. I, I saw this, you know, someone gave me the number for this empty place by the river and like here's the here's here it is kind of if you want it he and he's like no pressure but like i'm gonna give this to you just yeah and gail's kind of like that dream was long ago but like it's a really sweet moment i think so too because because mitch is like you know that dream feels like yesterday to me so it wasn't that long ago and you kind of get this like like you see all their friends because gail's feeling a little trapped and hopeless and she doesn't know what she's gonna do and mitch is like you know what what do, do you it. think about this you know like and like i yeah. i don't i love that you were a newscaster and you did your dream and if you want to keep doing that i love it but also like remember that other dream you had like it's kind of similar to um joey being like yeah i remember you before you wanted to be a filmmaker you know there was a different person right and also i think there's something like i think there's something even deeper with mitch and gail like i agree with you that it's kind of like the same with her and dawson but deeper with mitch and gail and like you know, I, I've known you for so long that I've seen you sort of through all of this, mm-hmm. that I've seen you have these dreams and some of them you had to give up, yeah, um, yeah. you know, and like, I'm, maybe I'm here to let you back in to that dream and like, let yeah. you not give it up. Yeah. I think it's really, I think that's a really like, it's such a grown up thing, mm-hmm. you know, of like. Hey, I remember when you when you had this dream and like if it's not your dream anymore, that's fine. But like you did have it at one point. Let me remind you of it. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So then we go to the dock. Yeah, and Henry's there. This kind of doesn't make sense, but it's okay. not Joey's dock. It's like I think it's the one in front of Jen's house. Yeah, I think so. So maybe yeah. they s- stayed the night at Graham's house and went to breakfast or, or I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, it doesn't really make sense, but whatever. <laughs> and we see Jen and Henry sitting on the dock uh-huh. and Henry's just kind of like, so what? Yeah. And then we're like at the tail end of a conversation. Yeah. And yeah. Jen's like, wait, I just told you about my wild sexual past and y- you don't care. She calls it a laundry list of sexual crimes and misdemeanors, which <laughs> I mean, there are crimes involved, but yeah, none of them. But she didn't none commit of them. Jen's committing them, and she's like, you know, I'm shocked and that you're not like disgusted or self righteous about this. And Henry says, like, why would I be? Yeah, like these are all the things that have made you who you are. Yeah, because like, Jen's and- like, boys always react that way, and Henry's like, well, this, yeah, these are the things that made you who you are, and. And he's like smitten in that. And like, it's really <laughs> sad to me, you know, because like she's just wanted someone to accept her and to mm-hmm. see her and to, mm-hmm. you know, and so this acceptance from him is shadowing her actual opinion of him. I I agree with you. I agree with and you. And I, I think this is an authentic experience that 16 year olds have. So sure. I, I give her space for that, you know, <laughs> yeah, totally. um, but like watching it, you're like, oh my gosh, you oh, know, God. like I hope you are able to develop better boundaries with yeah. that, you know? And yeah. I know as women, cause I can't really speak for men's experience in this, but like we tend to learn 
by making mistakes. We can't learn, um, you know, from someone telling us or whatever. We have to like make our boundaries from making mistakes, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it seems like people don't like to respect them as much when, yeah, when well, we're Henry the ones doesn't, putting them out. Yeah. Well, Henry doesn't respect her boundaries at all, mm-hmm. but she's like, oh my God, what I've wanted is for someone to know about my past so they can know me 360, but like accept me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And when he does that, she's like, oh my God, this is what I wanted. And you're like, Amazing. yeah, but you, you've also wanted some other things. You know, yeah, you want yeah, that, yeah. but you also want someone that respects your boundaries, someone <laughs> yeah. who's like as smart as you, someone who has your humor, like, you know, all these other things, you yeah. know, and also ultimately she does want someone who has her same sexual experience, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, so we go from this, this conversation between her and Henry to Joey's yard where mm-hmm. Dawson and Pacey are hanging out and ask Dawson asks Pacey if he has any idea what he's doing. He's like, and at in first general. I was like, what kind of question is this? Like, I know. You know? I and know. then I, I was like, whoa, okay. And then, um, and then you realize like, he's trying to do what Jen did with him. And he's yeah. like, I've realized like, I'm lost. And I, I like, I need to ask you for some help, you know? And he's like, I've seen, he sees Pacey too. He's like, I see everything that, you know, he's like, all I see is a passive is unrecognizable to me. And I see how much you Pacey have completely changed. Right. And I used to think that it was Andy, but now I see it's all you. It's you. And he's like, you know, I'm staring at these blank walls with just this John Lennon poster. And I just like, I kind of don't know where, where I'm going or where my future is. And he's like, you know, you used to be this like glib, unpredictable guy. And now you're kind of like this steady force, you know, you're one of the steady people in our friend group. And and he then Dawson then thanks Pacey. Um, And Pacey's like, for what? Yeah. And Dawson says, for doing what I asked, for taking care of Joey. Mm -hmm. And he looks around and he's like, look, you really went above and beyond here. Like, you've done something really special for her. And Dawson says he's really glad that Joey has Pacey. Mm -hmm. And then (laughs) Pacey, like, kind of takes that moment to get glib. And he's like, it's been a lot of work. Oh, my God. He will not shut up. She's got an opinion about fucking everything. Uh, It's it's very difficult. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, anytime you want to jump back in here, Dawson, like she's here for you let me know (laughs) and then he looks at him and he's like was that good enough for you yeah and i just kind of love it i mean i kind of i love every part of it complicated because like i think it's really sweet yeah but i just don't like the way that they talk about joey like this you know yeah i mean i agree with you i agree with you on that point that like you know, I think it's clear that what Pacey has done is not because Dawson asked him to be Joey's friend or to look out for her. Like, I think what Pacey has done is because he wanted to do it and he, you know. Yeah, and the idea that Dawson is assessing like, oh, I told you to be her friend and you're being her friend because I told you to. And yeah. you, you're doing a really good job at that, you know, like, yeah, it, it, it feels really gross to me. <laughs> I agreed. I think that like the sentiment like they're both being nice and thoughtful to each other Mm -hmm. and I don't think we see that enough Mm -hmm. and so I like that you know because as much as we don't see the girls being friends with each other we actually don't see the boys being friends with each other and I I don't I don't like that because I wish we had the represent much similar to how I wish we had representation of healthy female 
friendships. I wish we had representation of healthy male friendships. Uh, you agreed. know, agreed. Um, but like, yeah, I guess that's why it's bothersome. You're like, okay, this moment where they're kind of being healthy towards each other, they're talking about like something really toxic. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, and I agree that it jarred me a little bit. I, I mean, I like what they're saying, but also like, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, they're kind of like, let us yeah, because discuss the, top of the, the fate of this woman. <laughs> yeah. The top of the conversation is Dawson saying like, you know what? Like I've actually seen how much you've grown and changed. And like, I want to acknowledge that. And like, yeah. you're becoming this new person. And like, that's what Dawson is hoping to accomplish right, at right, this right. current moment, you know? Totally. And he's totally. kind of like looking at PC like, whoa, I thought a girl <laughs> changed you, but now I'm seeing like you changed you, right. you know? Yeah. And like, I want to tell me more about that, you know? But then, then Dawson sinks back into like, well, a girl's going to change me and her name's Joey. <laughs> Uh-huh. Um, let's see about that. So we yeah. see Grams and Jen then live, leaving the Potters and Jack walks up to them on the porch. And yeah, like, Grams is like singing and hella happy, you know? Yeah, she's all into yeah. it. And and Jack's like, I got to talk something through with you guys. Like, yeah. Andy's giving me the hard sell about moving back home. And Jen's and like... Jen's like, wait, what about your dad? Mm-hmm. And, and he's like, no, this is about Andy. Yeah, it doesn't have and- anything to do with my dad. And then he says, like, it wasn't the thing is, like, it wasn't that y'all just offered me a home. Mm -hmm. It was that that it was the act of being reminded that someone cared about me. Mm -hmm. Even when I feel like I didn't deserve it. That's what he said. Yeah. And and it's just like he's so grateful to them that they yeah. like have done this for him. And I think that's so wonderful. And then he's like, you know, and Andy needs to be reminded of that now. Like, like I'm not the one who needs that anymore. Yeah, Like I want to give that to her and then mm-hmm. they get teary eyed and I get teary eyed. And then Jen <laughs> just like, she looks and like, and has this face of total understanding because like they both, her and Jack have found what they've wanted, you know, mm-hmm. a safe home that where people care about them, you know? Yeah. And like, you know, Andy isn't lucky enough to have that at this point. Yeah. AC isn't lucky enough to have that either, you know? Right, so right. we see a lot of our characters have this experience, you know? And um, then they have a group hug and I'm like, Oh my God. Okay, I totally so cried. Jen tells him, just go she's like go home jack it's okay like yeah and we get this swell of music called promise me this oh by- this is an incredible dawson's creek song yeah it is super it's yeah. by poncho's lament a, yeah. a book or a, a band called poncho's lament <laughs> promise me this and yeah then they all have this group hug as the sort of music swells um Don't we and hear that song way more <laughs> we hear that band a lot we definitely hear that song. I okay. Think. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, my, I just love this chosen family. I love that. Like yeah. they are there for what each other need. Yeah. Um, and I think like the, the thing that Jack says, I think is so like profound and so touching in that, yeah. like he gets it. He gets that. Like these people have given him something and I'm not sure that he's at a point where he understands what he's given them yet. Um, right. but, but, he definitely is like, I need to sort of pay that forward right. and give that to Andy, you right. know, and let her have this too. Yeah. Um. So then we cut to later that night um, yeah. and Paisley walks in. He's looking for Joe. He's like, Potter, he calls Potter. Potter. 
and he sees that she's sleeping on the couch next mm-hmm. to the fire and he pulls the blanket up over her and then we cut to Bessie hang and huh. hang on I have a music thing to talk about. Oh, okay. So, he... Here, he pulls her blanket up. She's asleep on the couch. Mm -hmm. And this is possibly the most egregious music omission of the entire series. Uh We are supposed to get here the Joni Mitchell classic, Both Sides Now. Uh, We are supposed to get the re-recording of it that Joni Mitchell did in the year 2000. Um... The album came out on February 8th, 2000. So it's right before this episode is airing right before that album comes out. I'm wondering if this was a promotion for the album. I don't know the answer to that. The Bitter Script Reader on Twitter <laughs> said it best. Uh, they said to me, the loss of both sides now is a straight up crime. <laughs> and I agree. I agree. Uh Joni Mitchell means a great deal to me, um, mm-hmm. but uh, it's the fact that they cut it is really it's it is tragic. And um, the replacement is a Mary Beth Maziar's song, so it uh, sounds very Dawson's Creaky. Uh-huh. Um, but it's but Joni Mitchell is supposed to be there, and that's where we cut into the um, the this uh, this um, what do they call it montage. Yeah. Yeah. So Bessie and Bodie are having a picnic with Alexander mm-hmm. on the the, the dock. dock in front of their house and be just being Je- a family. Yeah, and it's so sweet. And mm-hmm. Jen and Henry are talking on the dock, like you in know, front of Jen's house. Yeah. In front of Jen's house. And yeah. Gail is walking up to the building that Mitch suggested. Mm-hmm. And Jack is packing all of his stuff. And mm-hmm. Dawson is lying on his bed, staring at his blank walls, you know, and the, the, and the John, John Lennon, Lennon poster. poster and mm-hmm. oh, shit. OK, Pacey we go back to the Potter residence is watching Joey sleep. Oh, my God. Pacey is watching Joey sleep. <gasps> oh, my and God. Oh, my God. You'll remember earlier in this episode, Graham said, you know, you love someone when you can watch them sleep. I remember this <laughs> in my mind from Mine 2000. My jaw dropping. Mine Holy too. shit. Mine and too. going to school the next day and being like, are you are you fucking serious? <laughs> Pacey likes Joey. I remember distinctly in 2000 thinking, oh, my fucking God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So also I want to say so the the other reason that I think the use of Joni Mitchell is interesting is like so the first iteration of both sides now mm-hmm. came out in like 68 69 um and it's like she she got criticized for it cuz it's a really wise song about love. Mm. Um and people thought she was too young to have recorded it basically even though she wrote uh, it. Yeah. Um and so the the lyric I will say just a one lyric which is I've looked at love from both sides now from give and take and still somehow it's love's illusions that I recall I really don't know love I really don't know love at all and so I think like there's a way in which the way that song plays with this scene and watching Pacey a person who we've watched have this great love story right who we've watched be in the beginning when it's shiny and new and going through Mm -hmm. the hard stuff and then being in this place at the beginning of this season where he just like 
it's done. Like the love yeah. is gone. Mm-hmm. And not like not like an I hate her now, but more like a I don't feel that. I don't yeah. feel that same kind of love. I think it's such an interesting song to use. Right. Or for Joey too. She thinks she's Dawson's her soulmate. Like she'll never love anyone like that, you know? And she sacrificed going to Paris to find what love is, you know? (laughs) And it's like, you know, is that love? Right. You know? Um, so I, I said a couple of weeks ago that I have a friend that has never watched this before and uh-huh. has been texting me random shit. Mm-hmm. So I want to tell you that when she got to this episode, in all caps, the only the text I got was, <laughs> he's fucking watching her sleep. Are you yeah. kidding me? <laughs> That's the reaction everyone has. That's and how I was like, same girl, same, same, same. That's how I felt now. I watched it, you know, when I watched this episode. I mean, I love this episode uh-huh. for this uh-huh. exact reason. But yeah. uh, I even just watching it now, I've seen this episode. I couldn't even tell you how many times I've seen this episode. And it yeah. still like makes my heart skip a beat. It's like, <sighs> and I just remember in two th- the year 2000, thinking at this episode like oh my god everything's gonna fucking change like realizing yeah i think this is the episode where you really realize like holy shit Uh, we get like you get where the trajectory is pointing yeah and it's like you know we talked about in 309 and four to tango you know this where dawson kind of thought that Mm -hmm. joey and pacey were whatever and (laughs) And just like getting and to even this then part, when you watch um, 309, you're like, mm. that's just Joe Pacey's vibe to stand up for girls. So yeah, like, yeah, while yeah. he does say like, she's a goddess, she's so beautiful. Yeah. It, even Pacey didn't like have feelings for her, like her then, you know, or no. he didn't, he wasn't, or wasn't aware of it. Yeah. Like, you know, he, so that's not the vibe you get from that. This is the yeah. one where you're like, you're sitting there like, whoa, oh shit. shit. Because Dawson said to him, like, why are you doing Mitch said it? Yeah. Why are you doing all this? And mm-hmm. Dawson said, like, you've totally like gone above and beyond. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what, what is mm-hmm. the deal with this? You know, mm-hmm. and like not in negative ways, both of them, but like both like, he, and he is kind of like, huh? Like, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it was like almost too much for high school Julia to take. I was Ooh. just, <laughs> I distinctly remember it. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> Me too. And it's yeah. just like going to get so. Here we go. Dramatic. Here, here it comes. <laughs> so who are you rooting for? I am rooting for Pacey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am rooting for, I mean, I think he deserves to, um, to be able to move forward from what he had with Andy. I think mm-hmm. that was such a beautiful relationship. And also sometimes you, a beautiful relationship ends and then what's next? And I think that's a great question. And it was uneven because, you know, Andy wants him to be a good student. And even in the last episode, she's like, oh, you're just settling for a C. And it's like, yeah, he is. He he is. So, you know, (laughs) like, I don't know if there was space for each other to be, for them to be who they are. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like you can grow and you can be, you know, bring out the best in each other. But I, I think there would have always been an imbalance there. Yeah. And I, I'm rooting for Jack um, in his new in this new world mm-hmm. that he's going into. I think it's a it's big of him to yeah, realize I mean, what his sister needs and to give that to her. And he's 
sacrificing a lot. He's mm. going to have to live in a situation that's really unsafe and uncomfortable for mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. or his sister, you know? And I mean, I'm rooting for Andy because I yeah. think, Same. you know, her, her home life must be really traumatic to ask her brother to do this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I'm rooting for Joey and Bessie to find yeah. success in this endeavor. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a part of me in which I'm rooting for Mitch and Gail to, I think their sort of friendship is something that I really enjoy and like. And I yeah. I think so often we see the sort of icky side of divorce and seeing like uh, right. two people who can actually be civil to each other and be around each other, I think is really yeah. healthy and good. Um, so yeah. Rooting and I, For Jen, I think that that I like, I don't like Henry, but I right. like that she finally got to experience someone accepting her past. And I think that like Dawson in this episode with a couple of, there's a couple of things that I don't like, but like he's pretty great to all his friends in this episode. Yeah. He was a pretty good friend. Um, and I, I don't know that we always see him being a good friend. I agree. You know? Yeah. Um, we're just mostly told like, <laughs> that he's a good friend. Yeah. And he's a good yeah. guy. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. You know, so that's, yeah. So I think that's probably why another reason why this episode is so good because we leave it like rooting for everyone. Yeah. Totally. Totally. I, yeah. I, I'm with you. So yeah. for our listener corner, okay. this is from Libby. All right. I really love the Pacey and Joey story because we actually see them grow together mm. and be friends. Mm had to cut some stuff out. So. <laughs> Libby, <laughs> are you spoiling shit? <laughs> I'm just My kidding. point is that we don't really see a lot of TV shows that do this anymore. I agree like, with you. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I think like that's why this moment feels so monumental and pivotal. Like mm-hmm. when you're watching the show for the first time or even in subsequent watches, because you think that Paisley and Joey are just building a friendship. And mm-hmm. then when you see like maybe there's building something else you're like whoa okay and we complained about that throughout that like we're just told that Dawson and Joey are friends uh-huh and we don't really see them grow their friendship build their friendship you know or anything and we've seen Dawson build a friendship with Jen and that's pretty incredible right and and like that's I, I was gonna say that is like uh- I think that we get to watch Dawson and Jen build this friendship out of the sort of ashes of their mm-hmm. romance and, and whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's very short lived and, and sort of Dawson is so naive in it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that I get, I mean, I, you know, I get it, but like that they build this trust that they build this sort of like safe space for each other within that relationship, I think is so amazing. And I think what we get to watch Pacey and Joey do is somewhat similar, right? Is mm-hmm. that like, they both at this point in this the season we've seen them both go through these tremendous heartbreaks i mean you know joey mm-hmm. sort of gets this this insane humiliation not insane i'm sorry but this like this you know real humiliation at the beginning mm-hmm. and sort of this like door kind of slammed in her face yeah um and and not to say that she doesn't deserve it and not to say that that's not the the, the thing like she yeah. i think that that door absolutely needed to be slammed um, shut but you know 
she does get this and then mm-hmm. to have pacey sort of endure not exactly the same thing but a, d- a different kind of heartbreak and and yeah. something similar and the fact that they kind of get to be there for each other within that heartbreak and within mm-hmm. them recovering from that heartbreak i think like i think the way that the way that the the writers and the actors are able to play this in the in season three, uh, and I, I at least up until what we've watched so far, um, is like it does. I mean, like Aaron and I said, I I distinctly remember in the year two thousand, mm-hmm. this was like. Bl- it was like being bludgeoned. I mean, it yeah. was like I, I, I hesitate <laughs> to understate how sh- shook I was <laughs> at the end of that episode. Mm-hmm. You know that like, holy fucking shit! Mm-hmm. And and that hadn't even that hadn't been like a twinkle, even with this the episode where Dawson thought that they were sleeping with each other. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Which it was like it was just so funny to just think comedy. that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And and then to have this moment where you realize, oh, maybe Pacey is having these feelings. Mm-hmm. That it's like, holy fucking shit, what does that mean? And I think there was such, I mean, in, in the year 2000 and, and still, like I said, in subsequent, like Aaron said, I'm sorry, in subsequent re- rewatches, the fact that they were able to pull off, even just to this point. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, it's stunning. It's really, it's a stunning, it's a stunning piece of television. Yeah. Season three is a stunning, stunning piece of television. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, truly, I I think there are arguments that this is one of the best seasons of television that's ever been. Mm -hmm. Um, Because of how they build to all of these moments. Mm Mm-hmm. And in yeah, ways, they all feel earned, I think, is the best exactly. part. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's such a great way to put it, Aaron. That's such a great way to put it. it it's this moment feels earned. And this mm-hmm. moment, and it does, even though it kind of blindsides you, as soon as it happens, you're like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> like, you, you know, and I remember feeling it then, like, mm-hmm. like, uh, holy shit. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, of course. And so, I mean, obviously, we will, um, you know, we'll continue to talk about this. But mm-hmm. I think that that's such a good observation. And I think the way, I think what's so interesting to me, particularly after talking to Gina on our interview, is like how kind of haphazardly this came together. I know. <laughs> and it doesn't feel that way. And and yeah. possibly that is just that these are professional writers and they mm-hmm. fucking know how to craft a story. And then also possibly it's that like when you have two actors with chemistry like Katie Holmes and Joshua Jackson have, how can you not put them in the same vicinity of each other right and and plus like two actors whose characters the audience trust and love yeah. you know so you're like all right we tr- we are ready for this because we yeah. already lo- love these characters totally and i think like and i think there's the, such this way in which watching joey and pacey's friendship evolve over the past what episode are we on now? 12? Yeah. Over the past 12 episodes of season three, 
there's something so like you get it you get yeah. that like these these are two people that have a connection these are two people that have a lot in common and yeah before they were sort of competing over Dawson's attention and as Dawson's attention is not the thing that they need to compete over anymore it makes sense it makes sense that Pacey would start to develop these feelings yeah I mean it's the 12th episode of season one when Dawson sees Joey mm. the lipstick you know I do I do know um you know and so yeah uh we're excited yeah Libby I mean I I think we'll continue to sort of answer your questions as this mm -hmm. season goes along and sort of continue to discuss what you're bringing up here but I think you're absolutely right I mean I think uh, there are so rarely I feel like particularly now we get so much kind of like shit thrown at us, even in prestige television. That's like, mm -hmm. that's like, it kind of comes out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. um, and then you kind of like backtrack. Right. <laughs> so that or they can alternatively, it comes on the onset and like, you're supposed to go with it. You know? Right. Yeah. And so there is a way in which I think, I think, you know, having this moment where Pacey realizes that, or where we as the audience, I don't even know that Pacey realizes yet. yet yeah, yeah, yeah. That we as the audience realize that there might be more there. Mm -hmm. I think having this moment in episode 12 and, and the way they build into it, just even within the episode is so wonderful. And so you don't see it that often. You really don't, mm -hmm. you know, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I you know I'm trying to I'm racking my brain for how you would see something like this, or see these these see people coming together in this way, and I can think of very few instances in television, particularly mm -hmm. in you know the past few years. So yeah, so mm -hmm. buckle up, it's gonna be so fun. <laughs> Put on your life right. preservers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're gonna board this ship. board this ship <laughs> um yeah so thank you for listening um we once again want to remind you if you're in the u.s please register to vote it's please. super important please. um got a really lot of important things coming up i know in the local la elections there are some incredible things we're voting on so i can only imagine what's happening in your um communities so yeah please look into that um again we're we stand black lives matter mm -hmm. so we got to say that. Mm -hmm. um, fucking arrest the killers of Breonna Taylor. Are you fucking kidding me? Okay. I mean, defund that police department. Definitely. Fuck that. Fuck yeah. that. Yeah. And, you know, please stay safe. Keep keep on doing what you're doing. Um, keep and that head up, too. Keep that yeah. head up. It's rough times. Yeah. Mm. So... But we're here, season three. <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> A little glimmer of fun. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Dawson's Critique. Um, you can email us, dawsonscritique at gmail.com. Um, anything you want to talk about these upcoming storylines, we'd love to hear <laughs> from you. Uh, you can follow my Finsta at Aaron.Hensley. Uh-huh. We want to shout our boy Kilia for making our theme song. You can find him on Instagram at go freaking crazy. Mm. We want to remind you, you can pre-order our book. Um, I remember everything life lessons from Dawson's 
Dawson's Creek. (laughs) (laughs) Said it wrong last week. (laughs) They know, they know. Uh, Yeah. Anywhere where you buy your books this week, we want to suggest um, our local DC bookstore, Loyalty Books. Uh, Maybe give them a little pre-order. Yeah, yeah. Loyalty Books, man. Hannah, it's a Black-owned bookstore, um, a Black queer uh, own bookstore. She's just awesome. Hannah, who, who owns that place. Good friend of mine. Um, so, uh, please like us, subscribe, review, wherever it is you get your podcasts. We really appreciate it when you do that. And, and thank you so much to those of you who have done that. You can find me on the internet at pesty 1070 mountain, pesty 1079, P E S T Y 1079. Uh, we would like to thank, as always, Andrew Bush, who uh, normally records us and we cannot wait to get back to. Um, Rare Bird books can be found online at rarebirdlit.com or on social media at rarebirdlit. This has been a Rare Bird production. I don't want to wait for our lives to be over.